You did what? You opened it, you stupid morons, you idiot. What's the matter with you, Frank? Haven't I always told you never even go near those goddamn tanks? What are we going to do, Bert? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be sued by the Darrow Chemical Company. I'm going to be investigated by the government. I might become very famous, Frank. I might even lose my business. I might even go to jail, goddammit. That's what I'm going to do. The other hand, if we destroy all this evidence around here, we'll... Keep our mouth shut. That's it. Let's do that, Bert. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what we got to do. One question, Frank. This guy screaming in here, you sure he's a dead cadaver? Why don't you open the door and find out? No, it's all right, Frank. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. It is a reanimated body. We don't have to, we don't have to kill it. How do you kill something that's already dead? Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! Fifteen minutes. John yeah. and I had our own show. Yeah, we're 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 starting we're starting a break off show called the Tim and John Show. <laughs> the our computers work properly show. Yeah, the we don't get the blue screen of death. Uh, show. Oh man, you you miss so many good conversations about uh, pajama bank robberies. And- oh yes, I said my fucking my banana bandana pajama. Yeah. John wanted to survive. I wanted to survive because I came up with a really good joke, and then I've, I'll yeah. try. In Walmart fights, and yeah. oh the fucking Walmart fights! That was <laughs> such a good joke. Texas is going to shut down because people are going to take over. 
Military anyway, state, we're not gonna, taking we're over. We're not going to try and redo it, guys. Let's not no, try. No, 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 no. We're just letting no, in no. on all the good stuff you'll never hear. Dudes, I should have been Fuck. recording it on my end. Fuck. Feel free. My, yeah. computer, my computer's shitty. Yeah, I'm going to record it on my end, guys, just in case. Okay. Fuck, I should have been doing that all along. Oh, there was some gold there. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun stuff. That's what I said, because it kept leading to other stuff. Uh, we talked about Horror Realm. Fuck. Yeah, we talked about John Cross eating Pop-Tarts with my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God uh, damn it. I tell you what, Carl, if you can't open it on your computer, send the file to me and I'll see if I can do anything with it. Will do. Um, so it's episode 165, obviously. Our best podcast bud, John Cross, is here. Yeah, and since we started just talking and everything, I forgot to ask, Mr. Dungeon Master, how have you been doing? How is life? I know, uh, not trying to get too much into it, life was a little rough for you not too long ago, but you seem in a better place now. And I'm in, I'm in a much better place, gentlemen. I am indeed. Uh, I have a job, uh, which I actually like, which is like fucking, it's, it's like finding, it's it's like a scene in the Indiana Jones movie where he finds the thing he's always been looking for. You know what I mean? Like the glowing yes. uh, Ark of the Covenant or the, the, the cup or something like that. Like, I, I've found the Holy Grail, gentlemen, and I'm drinking from it daily. I have found a fucking job I can do and I enjoy doing. It's like a miracle. It's It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's the best. I don't even know how it happened. I literally just pooped, slipped on on the poop and landed in it. I don't know how. how jobs happen. <laughs> yeah, that's how my job happened. I literally that's I showed good. up one day. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I have the best thing about it is my boss is one of the funniest fuckers on the planet. We sit around and just like rag on each other and have a great time. It's Are you uh, working for Steven Seagal? No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm working for uh, uh, get this, he's half Native American and half an Italian from New Jersey. <laughs> Right. Wow! So he's Are like, you working for the Toxic Avenger? He's, yes. He's no. He's like Native American Tony Soprano. Is who I'm. Is he? Is, is it? Is, is he he's asking? Like, you, is he he's going? Like big union dudes are going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, he's like Big Chief Mafia pants or something. That's who he is. Big Chief Mafia pants. I like that guy already. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good cat. He's a good cat, and uh, he's always he calls me like British John. And, uh, you know, I call him every fucking insulting name under the sun and we have a great time. It's fantastic. So yeah, that's, that's all going well. Um, I like where I'm living. Uh, and, uh, I'm just waiting till I can pay off some of my cards and put some money in the bank and feel a bit more secure there. But apart from that, it's, it's all good. And, and the ladies of North America better watch out because, uh, I'm, I'm on the prowl, something fierce. Ooh, so yeah, no, it's also on an angry pussy hunt. What? I was just gonna say, I've seen some recent pictures of you, John. You look, you look like you were in a better place. And like I said, I didn't want to yeah. get too much into it, but the beard's back. We, yeah, we knew. Yeah, Kyle and I knew about what was going on, and just yeah. I'm just glad you're doing much better. I'm gonna be coming to Horror Realm, and I'm gonna be tracking down those cosplay ladies, and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, be tra- we even lost the hair. Fuck. Oh man. Yeah. I'm going to be looking for uh, certain local uh, uh, celebrities with big hair to fuck. <laughs> Told you, www.toomuchhair.com. <laughs> Pittsburgh is not a bad place to start because there is still people here that are stuck in the late 80s. Nice. I can't wait. 
No, the, the idea will be is that I will, if I do come to Horror Realm, that I will get drunk and, uh, and, and look for, for ladies with you guys as my wingman. That, that'll be. Oh, there. God. John, I can tell you right now, um, T-shirt Joe and, uh, the table I will be at without a print Dan is already being supposedly put together. And it, there's still rumors of quests showing up. So. I think he is nice. still there. Yeah, this could be dangerous. It could be legendary. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, no, the, the ladies of Pittsburgh are safe. It's absolutely fine. Um, I, I probably won't be doing any of that. But I just, I, I like to joke. I like to jest. I like to imagine us three as uh, guys from Greece with leather jackets and, and uh, <laughs> whale sperm in our hair. And uh, we're just going down the the con floor, clicking like old school fifties greasers, uh, troweling for uh, virginal sandy like pink ladies. Odd, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned that because I caught my dad watching Grease two last night. Yes, he's, oh. he's a cool rider, man. He's a cool. Yeah, he is. I walked in and I was like, oh, this is the only good part of that movie where they were singing okay. the Let's Bowl song. Okay, yeah. now since your dad was watching Grease two. Hey, and I hear he was, hey, you want to hear something else? Sure. Dad was a super huge fan of that 70s show, and he thought Donna yes. was the hottest chick in the world. Because he's smart. Uh-huh. And if, if she is naked, I guess, in that Orange is the New Black series. And he's on my Netflix account. And, and he was watching it, and I, he was like, I've never seen that show. Yes, you were watching it the other night, Dad. I could see what you watched on Netflix. <laughs> I like that. I don't watch that shit. <laughs> Kyle has an inside look into his own father's wank bank. I love it. Oh, Donna and <laughs> it's funny when you first discover your father's porn collection and you check it out. I don't know if you guys had that experience, but I did at a certain point. It was my stepfather. I, I discovered his porn collection, and watching that told me more about the man than than any your conversation I've ever had. Sorry? <laughs> Your stepfather, Terry O'Quinn? No. no. <laughs> if that's the case, it makes your stepdaughter Jill Sholin. And and if that's the case, your mom is Meg Foster. And uh-huh. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. My mom is Meg Foster. Well, she's she's Meg Foster's left eye. Left eye. Dude, that's yeah. even more frightening. <laughs> yeah. And my aunt is Meg Foster's right eye. Uh. And and everything else is a big Meg Foster machine that they control using levers and pulleys and things. Mm. But I gotta, I just want to go back, Kyle, real quick. So was your dad like? Is he an actual Grease two fan? Like, yeah, he loved it. He, he wasn't. A, he wasn't. A, he was like, Fuck you! I like this movie. And I'm like, okay, sure. Does he prefer one or the other? Because there's this big argument. Well, no, he's got to prefer Grease two because Grease is like my sister's favorite movie and. We are all like that and Footloose are two movies that if it, if it's brought up in the polling household, those two movies everybody just goes, oh Jesus Christ, not again. Collectively, <laughs> right? It's like my younger sister in the fucking Sound of Music. Christ Almighty! Mm-hmm. If I ever had to even if I hear she is sixteen going on seventeen, at I just want I just I unleash. With a bazooka, a machine gun, and a flamethrower guitar, if I fucking hear any tune from that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife watches anytime that comes on. She'll watch it. She'll DVR it and watch it when I'm at work. Sound of Music? Yeah. Never seen it. Yeah. Any tits in it? 
No, there isn't. There's some. There's bush. There's full-on non-bush, but there's no tits. That's what's really weird about it. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's not how that's supposed, supposed to work. There's like a wiener that gets cut off, and it's wandering around in his prison. Is it LeBron James's wiener that got caught on TV? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did you see that? I laughed so hard. No, it's Liam Neeson's 12 inches that he talks about him. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, oh, one thing I, I was meaning to bring up, I don't know if we still, we, we don't know if we have the missing 30 minutes that we've already recorded. God, I hope so. Well, I hope, I hope so too, that. because there was some, there was some pure genius right there. But, uh, the one movie I do need to bring up, cause you had asked me, Carl, what I'd seen and I did not bring this up and I, I feel remiss that I did not bring this up. I saw Barbara Crampton in We Are Still Here. Oh, you're not allowed to talk about that. Okay. Why not? That's- that's what I was going to pick for next week. Oh, okay. I was going to say, he's yeah. allowed to talk about it because yeah, I don't even have a copy it. of it. Talk about it. Uh, yeah, have, I was going to pick you that. Seen it? Have you seen it, Carl? No, I saw it. I saw, um, I've, I've seen articles. And okay. I just I just looked it up as we were doing that, missing 30 minutes. And right. I saw Barbara Crampton. I saw Larry Fessington. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a someone made a Fulci movie that's almost like The Beyond. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that next week. That looks interesting as hell. Yeah. And it's, it's got a killer poster, so. Yeah, it's a good, tight, 80-minute horror movie. It doesn't exactly, like, uh, fuck around with the genre. It doesn't do anything particularly new. Is, but it, what it, is, it, in, is it an It Follows type of movie? Uh, no. Good. Okay, good. Because it's actually horrific. Okay, good. And and a good movie and not pretentious. That's what I was and getting a little vibe of some shoegazing. No, no, no. They don't sit around and go, you know, what kind of retro music can I put on my gramophone while I'm right. handling my banker's lamp yep. while I'm wearing some 70s shirt um, and reading the unbearable likeness of being on a Kindle. No, it's not that kind of movie, no. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, because it, it Follows was just shockingly... Mm-hmm. Shit! I uh, I watched it this past week, John. It, it follows. There there was there was a couple of good moments in it, but really, ultimately, it was poor. Do you, did you want to hear what I got out of it? Go for it, Tim, because I thought it sucked. I okay. First off, hey, congrats, you made a movie. Second off, yeah, I didn't think it was horrible. Didn't think it was great. I just think it was overhyped more than anything. Studio hype. But the third, nines. the one thing I came away from watching this movie, apparently somebody was putting a PSA out there that if you're a whore, a spirit's coming to kill you. Yeah. That, that's what I got out of it. That apparently Hor- hordergeist. You cannot bang the spirit away. <laughs> <laughs> that if you don't wait for marriage, a spirit's going to come and grab your eyeballs. And apparently we have a flash flood warning now. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the emergency broadcasting system just break in. Yeah, what do I, why do I get the feeling that, that all of a sudden the world's going to go post-apocalyptic and we're going to be broadcasting this across a wasteland of, of midgets and crazy big monsters and all sorts of stuff. God damn it, I but, don't have yeah. my fucking interceptor ready, my flamethrower. Oh, I know. But, uh, like I said, I just, I felt like the whole point that it follows was, 
okay, if you don't wait to, you know, wait for marriage to have sex, uh, a weird spirit is coming to take your eyeballs out of your head and rip your legs off. Yeah, I just wanted to go up to the director and go, yeah, I saw Halloween too. What of it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and not only that, but the soundtrack to it follows drove me absolutely fucking nuts because he literally cherry picked every different. You had the big booms from The Shining. You had the diddly 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 from Evil Dead. You had the uh, fucking Carpenter-esque synth stuff. I was thinking that. And I was listening to it and I was like, pick a fucking style. Pick one fucking style and do it right. Stop doing all this like... One minute's going to be one thing, and the next minute's going to be another thing. It's like, we all saw 70s horror movies, too. Get the fuck over it and do something else. See, you're being... Yeah, you see, John, you are picking it apart like I thought I would. I was just... Like, my whole thing was, is like, this movie just suffers from overhyping. I think if this movie wasn't... It it was hipster horror, dude. It was hipster horror. At the end of it, right, when they trap the thing in the swimming pool, yeah. oh, this is their plan. Did you see what they put up against the edge of the swimming pool they were going to push in? Like, this movie was meant to take place, like, in modern times. It wasn't taking place in, like, the 70s. Why? They had, I don't understand. Why did the, it so look like fucking 1981? But they had typewriters. They, had, they had fucking... Uh, the little fucking yeah. Kindle that she was reading. Right. Like, they oh, they had TVs that would have took, like... A truck to drive it they there. Had, yeah, right. They, they had the broken TV with the working TV on top of it. Nothing right. screams 1982 like that. They had little banker's lamps. They had little, like it was, it was just a fucking hipster wank fest. Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the director of this wore thin fucking, uh, 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 uh cotton scarves and went around I'm, like masturbating into Trilby hats. I, I mean, I'm gonna, was, I'm gonna lay a five dollar bet down. This guy's got a handlebar mustache. <laughs> or um, I can find a picture of him wearing Ray Ban sunglasses. Yes, probably. Oh, but we he's are... got three first names. Yeah, yeah, he's got three first names. That's another reason to fucking hate him. Uh, but on the good note, we are still here. Um, it's more like um, what was the, the what was the other hipster horror movie that made a big uh, uh, flash with uh, Tom Noonan in it? The Devil one. Oh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. It's yeah. it's. It's like that, only for me, better. Oh, good, because I was not a fan of House of the Devil. It's like that, only better, and the effects in it, the practical effects in it, are fucking awesome. Great. The performances are awesome. Uh, the pacing isn't bad, because it's like 75 80, or 85 minutes long. It's it's not, it's which horror should be. Horror should be like 80, 85 minutes. Get out. That's what it should be. Yeah. Um, like comedies, you can't fucking these three-hour comedies and two-hour horror movies. You can't fucking do it. Like ninety minutes, get in, get out. We can't. You can't laugh and you can't be scared for longer than a period of time. It's just you can't. So, like, it, it, I think I thought it was really well done. Um, there's a nice bleakness to it. There's a kind of nice kind of Fargo feel to it, like at the beginning. Um, but it uh, and there's some great like hillbilly characters. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think you're. I think you're going to enjoy it. Larry Fessington is all you had to say. I love that guy. And yeah, Fessington's great in it. Uh, Crampton is amazing. And uh, there's also a dude in it um, who plays one of the uh, like older locals of the town who is fucking awesome in it. I really like him as well. Cool. So what else did you see? I know you started talking about 
Tomorrowland, and then my computer just farted away. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about Tomorrowland because I'm doing it on the diner next week, so people can tune in. But um, it he answered all is, my questions on our show. Kyle. Yeah, I was uh, on our separate show that that Tim and I yeah. are now going to oh, okay. host, which I didn't record. <laughs> sadly, um, I should have recorded that. Uh, we could have dropped it in here. Uh, but no, uh, basically, it's a really good if you like Pixar, and if you want to see a family movie. That feels like Steven Spielberg made it in 1985. That is sort of like once Clooney comes into the picture, which is in about 40 minutes into the movie. Wow. Comes into the movie. Once Clooney comes into it, it's sort of like a steampunk sci-fi Indiana Jones. Hmm. I don't know if those, those could work really well. And also it could become Jupiter ascending bad. No, it's no, it's not that. Uh, Hugh Laurie plays like a Flash Gordon-esque type villain. Like, I'm he, in. He even wears a ridiculous like uh, regal long blue coat with a high collar and all this sort of like fancy seventies sci-fi shit. Even though it's not meant to be that kind of world. Like, there's all these little nods to sort of. 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s sci-fi. And it's very, very inventive. There are bits of it that are very sort of like the Wallace and Gromit movies with all the kind of like inventive, creative um, inventions and stuff. Like, it, it has that element to it as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'd give it a 3 out of 5. Or a 2 out of 4 or whatever. Hmm. But yeah, look at this douche who made it follows. Look at this fucking yeah, guy. I told you I'd find a picture of him. <laughs> Ray-Ban. Look at him. Uh, he's got his fucking, he's got his fucking fringe haircut and his fucking all in black. And then he's got his orange watch and his orange Ray-Bans. And, and skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Off the artistic register for life for wearing skinny jeans and having a matching watch glasses ensemble. He's only missing a fucking wispy orange fucking thin scarf. And the guy's right there, right? Yep. I told you. I knew it. And I bet the jacket that he was wearing to the premiere as well was velvet. I'm almost certain of it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, dude, we even lost, we even lost the part where I talked about my dad getting caught watching Grease 2. How can we have lost that? I thought that was this time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. That was this time around, dude. Don't worry about it. We've got the Grease 2 stuff. Okay. Tim, what'd you watch this week? Okay. <laughs> God damn it, we lost some good shit. We lost uh, some really good shit. Send it to me, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, we'll figure it out. Of course, I actually watched all the movies that we're covering tonight, Beyond the Door 2. Um, where's the other one? Uh, Run All Night, which I was glad you sent me, and Black Eye with uh, Fred Williamson, which John Cross and I were talking on our non-recorded episode. Yeah. <laughs> That was really cool because it was cool stuff about that. We already talked about it follows and how I feel just basically if you're a whore, evil spirits are coming to get you. And I also watched A Girl Walks Home at Night. Have you been on Netflix and I have not watched it yet. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to. First off, it's subtitled, Kyle. Okay, yeah. I'm- <laughs> and it's kind of weird because it's it's subtitled in uh, Persian, but it was filmed in California. Weird. Uh, what? Yeah, it's weird. 
That's fucking crazy. It's meant to be like a foreign film without being a foreign film. It's black and white. And Oh, it is black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Did it, a hipster it, Persian direct this also? Yeah. <laughs> Did he have a plaid a plaid turban? I was gonna uh, say if he's if it's it he has to have a thin wispy turban as opposed to a thin wispy scarf. He probably has like the iron sheet type boots that curl up at the end. I, like I said, I don't know if I was supposed to be impressed with this movie since it's a vampire film, but like on the front of the box, it's basically saying it's going to be one of the endless classics that you're always going to watch. And it was like after I was done watching it, I was kind of like, no, this is going to probably sit in a pile of movies that I don't know if I'll ever watch again. Sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, it's like I said, I think it tries to be a little artsy. And I think it tries too hard on that and try to be a love story also. I I don't know. It just, to me, I didn't think it was that good. Fair enough. Yeah, it just, I, and this is one of those films I heard, like, that are out there that you need to see this. And Out of Print Dan got me a copy and I was kind of like, um, I didn't really need to see this. I could have lived on because <laughs> it was like I wanted to watch it follows just for the mere reason. I wanted to, to watch the overhype. I knew it was going to be overhyped, but I wanted to watch it anyway. But this movie was one of those movies, like I said. But that was about it on what I watched because we're going to be covering everything else that I watched later on here. Okay. So I watched some good shit. Uh, did you watch on CNN? Remember when we talked about the 80s? The show, the 80s with Rob Lowe, that CNN did. Right. Well, they're doing one now, Tim, called the 70s. Oh, okay. Real, the, the first episode was just about TV in the 70s and how, how like Archie Bunker racist that he was, it, it like really broke grounds and all of his spinoffs, Maud and Love American Saw, all that jazz and Happy Days. And the millions of spinoffs. And they had Good Times. Jimmy Walker was on there. And LeVar Burton was on there talking about Roots. Because he's Kintane. And yeah, because they even had LeVar Burton. They had LeVar Burton when uh, VH1 was doing... Uh, when they would do the the flashback to the 70s or whatever. When they would do that for a whole week. Where it was 1971, 1972. Mm-hmm. They had LeVar Burton on one of their episodes talking about Roots also. Yeah, the seventies is really good. The next, the next episode's all about Nixon, and okay. what kind of a fucking douche waffle that guy was. <laughs> but douche, douche waffle is a fantastic fucking. Do you insult. get syrup with douche waffles? You get <laughs> fucking so much syrup with douche waffles. Yeah, you get moldy goat cum. With you get all the syrups. Yeah, <laughs> all the syrups. all the syrups, all the juices, and just and yeah. if you're able to drink all the syrups, you get German windshield porn for free. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> multicolored. But I, I finally got on Netflix. I finally saw Manhunter. Nice. Oh, okay. Fucking great! Holy shit! But definitely a product of its time because of who made it. Oh, Michael Mann. Yes. Yeah. It's totally Miami Vice 80s out. Big time. But I like, I, I've always liked Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. And I like Manhunter too. Like, I don't know which, I, I, Manhunter's 
man, that William Peterson guy <laughs> tried so hard to be Tom Berenger in that movie. Like, those guys look like fucking twins. <laughs> I'm like, what's except Tom Berenger fucking doing in here? Except I, Berenger has a much bigger, redder face. Yeah, his yeah. head is bigger. Yeah, and also per- great, per- perpetually greased up. You never seen Berenger without a big greasy shiny face. His face is like perpetually oiled, I think. Sure, that guy's that guy had some pretty sweet eighties wavy curly hair, Magnum PI style. He had some sweet five o'clock shadow. He almost looked like like Punisher style. Right. Everybody in that movie's so goddamn good. Yeah. I did dig Lecter though. You don't like Brian Cox as Lecter? He was okay. He, He just Man, I've never seen Manhunter before this week, and that's just Anthony Hopkins to me as Lecter. Yeah, I think it's part of the problem of watching that. That's what happens now. Like, if you see it, and you didn't see it years ago, it's kind of like, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. You cannot unsee Anthony Hopkins as yes. Hannibal Lecter. He was good. He, he, I liked when he called to get uh, the guy's home address. I really mm-hmm. like that. I liked everything in that movie, but goddamn Tom Noonan is a force of nature in that yeah. fucking movie. Tom Noonan is scary as shit. Yeah. And it's great. And I also watched the greatest Star Trek movie of all time, Star Trek Four. We need whales. Yeah. We need space <laughs> whales. I mean, Wrath of Khan is the greatest movie of all time. But, yeah. but, but the fourth one, I like to call it uh, Police Academy Star Trek, and I love it. Like that. I was watching it. I've seen that in the theater when it came out with my parents and didn't quite understand it. Like Star Trek movies, I don't get get, get into the TV show, but like the movies, especially this one, is like Leonard Nimoy directs and he's like, you know what? We need to save the whales. How can Star Trek help? Yeah, indeed they did. It was and Shatner's just so Shatnery in it, and and it's a fish out of water story. Half of it. Yeah, and I there's, love it. there's Everything uh, so good in that movie. Chekhov yeah. is asking about the nuclear vessels. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and uh, you know everyone applauds on the bus when he uh, uh, Vulcan nerve pinches the punk guy with the yeah. the. My, boot my favorite was uh, when he almost gets hit by the cab, and he says, "Double dumbass on you." Right, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 police academy Star Trek. Mm-hmm. All you need is a hura and like a wet t-shirt, and you would be there. Yeah, and 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 Bobcat, right? Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, he sure could have played the punk. Yeah, if you'd had Bobcat Goldthwait as the punk, that would have been great. But and Michael Berryman's in there. Yes, Berryman's in there, and also yep. you've got um, uh, the brilliant bit where Scotty uh, invents a whole new type of glass In, or whatever invisible, it is. Invisible, like invisible aluminum or something. No, no, he, it's extra strength, uh, plexiglass, basically. Yeah, they were trying and, to figure out how that would, like, like, uh. And Bones change. goes, Bones goes, but aren't you interfering with the past? Like, hasn't this already been invented? And he goes, what's, what's to say I didn't invent it? Like, I love that bit. <laughs> Look at Scotty. And the best is just when they're all playing grab ass on the, on the, um, sinking bird of prey. Yeah. Just throwing each other off. And, and also, Leonard Nimoy's the director. He's great. I miss that dude. But that movie's like, I'm just gonna, I'm Leonard, I'm gonna wear a hippie robe. I'm gonna yeah. change. <laughs> just go wear a hippie robe the whole time. 
Yeah. Well, the whole point is in San Francisco, you can wear anything and just get Mm -hmm. away with it. Well, we discussed that earlier in the part you'll never hear. You can can just be anything now. Yeah. Anything you want. If you're a white girl, you can be a black girl. If you're a dude, you can say you're a guy. No, if you're a girl. You mean if you're a dude, you can say you're a girl. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sorry, Bruce, Jenner. But I don't even want to get into that. But that's all I watch, sirs. Yeah. So uh, we should probably mention Christopher Lee. Yeah, we need to talk about Christopher Lee and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. We lost two Titans. Yeah. Fucking I mean, Christopher Lee. Lee what, how did he, how did he, I didn't read what actually happened to him. How did he go? Was it just, I'm old, kaput? Respiratory failure, I think. Okay, that's like natural. That's good. Right. Nothing like Yeah, that. or when you're 93 years old, yeah. And the fact that last year he released a metal version of My Way, um, the song My Way, and the music video to that is him going clearly to like his private club, drinking brandy, reading the newspaper, and smoking a cigar as big as his arm. So (laughs) that's probably just like a Wednesday, right? That's just no, that was that was just a Wednesday. He put on his Wednesday tweed. He fucked off down to his private club where he sat in the window drinking. Flagons of brandy, where his entire insides are pickled, and then he smoked a cigar the size of his arm. And if he was doing that like every other day, that the Good fact that him. he made, yeah, the fact that he made it to ninety three, yeah, his innards are all metal. That's basically what we learned. Totally fucking metal. because yeah, totally uh, this week Dave ran in the local news, there was some older lady just turned a hundred years old. And it was very funny because they asked her, she's, they're like, so what's kept you going all these years? She's like, liquor. Liquor is what, <laughs> she's just like, I, she's like, these days I still have a shot a day. Yeah. She's like, before that I was drinking all the time. <laughs> her I and Lemmy, they're gonna win. Going, I like alcohol and Twinkies. I eat fucking Twinkies and I drink fucking liquor. <laughs> Here's my old lady. I'll tell you what keeps me going. Cock! <laughs> I got oh, the latest cock. I got the latest dildo collection on the East Coast. Old lady survivor porn. We just yeah. made another one. <laughs> <laughs> old lady triple digit porn. A hundred year old ladies need loving too. <laughs> we need the cock. <laughs> we need the, and we don't want no old man cock. I want young virile cock. Because baby's arm. <laughs> I was having I was having this conversation on Facebook the other night. Brian Pollan, who's made a bunch of like independent gore films, and we were both in an agreement because we were like, "Didn't you think he was gonna live another five years making movies?" I was like, "Yep." Oh, well, yeah. I figured it was just a contest between him and Lemmy, like a personal bet. Oh, is this Dusty Rhodes? No, no, no. This is Christopher Christopher Lee. Lee. Why would him and Lemmy? Lemmy's much younger than him, isn't it? They're yeah. made of just indestructible Teflon. I think Scotty probably made both those people. I think it's probably Lemmy versus Keith Richards at this point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if Keith Richards counts. That guy's been dead since 1972. Right. Like, he's just, he shows up at a concert and it's not a person, it's just an urn. Yeah. And they, they just dump the urn on some magical symbol and Keith Richards appears. They've, they've, they've stuck a, <laughs> they stuck a broom handle up his ass and they just stick him on stage and his hands are so used to playing the same mm-hmm. songs that they've been playing for the last 
50 years that he just he's just on a like you just wind him up he's just got a a wind up thing in the in his back and jagger just comes up and winds him up and and it just plays the 30 songs all the way through so the band have to keep up with him oh my god yeah keith richards is a corpse <laughs> holy well, shit what, what what's amazing is you look at like i i was obviously when christopher lee died i was looking up lots of interviews with him and lots of stuff like that when you put christopher lee at 92 from last year up against burt reynolds that i met this year and he's <laughs> burt reynolds is 20 years younger than christopher lee and i'm pretty sure christopher lee could have eaten burt reynolds shit him out and broken his back in in the matter of an hour, that was his finishing move. Because Burt, Burt Reynolds, flawless victory. Yeah, because <laughs> Burt Reynolds looks like the walking corpse of of you know one of the Golden Girls. I and, loved I loved somebody posted a picture of the life life force vampires and had Burt Reynolds in between them. <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher Lee looked like he was sixty five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he didn't look... Yeah, he was really good-looking for his age. Right. And still pimp. He married to the same pimp. woman for, like, 148 years. They've been married for fucking ever. Um, and uh, he's just... He was kick-ass. He fought Nazis in World War II. He had the Guinness World Record for the most amount of sword fights on film ever he did a scene with errol flynn in which errol flynn had a stuntman do the sword fights christopher lee did his own sword fight christopher lee whipped errol flynn's ass that's at sword ass. Fight. that's fucking righteous that's fucking yeah that's awesome christopher lee he's been uh, uh dracula he's been uh fucking the devil he's been sherlock holmes he's been in fucking star wars he's, Lord he's been of the a Rings. werewolf hunter He's, yeah, he's, there isn't anything he hasn't done. The only director he ever wanted to work with who he hadn't worked with was Clint Eastwood. He never got to work with Clint Eastwood. But he got to work with fucking Scorsese and fucking Burton and, uh, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and you name it, dude. He's let's worked. not forget, let's not forget he was a possible candidate to be Dr. Loomis at one point. Yeah, he was. He's, uh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Right. Yeah, I am too, but I'm just saying, look at, like, he could have been Dr. Loomis. Well, because John Carpenter clearly a huge fan of the Hammer oh, and, yeah. and the British horror movies, which is when, like, Eastwood, um, sorry, Eastwood, sorry, when Lee passed on the role, uh, he went to, like, Pleasance, because, like, Pleasance was, you know, it's, although Pleasance doesn't get put with, like, Cushing and Lee and, and Price in the same way, he definitely did a bunch of those movies, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, he definitely... Yeah, oh, yeah. I think, I think Pleasance is, like, the second age of those type of dudes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, it starts with him. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the, the, the I always think when, like, someone like Lee uh, uh, passes, I don't believe in heaven, and I'm sorry if everyone does, but, like, I don't believe in heaven, so I always feel a bit sad, because I'd like to think... That like Lee and Cushing and Price and Pleasance and shit are just sat around. In fact, I saw there's a really funny Twitter account that's just called God, um, and yep. it's basically just someone like doing like liberal stuff and funny stuff. Well, whoever writes that is really good. It's really good. But he wrote he wrote the day Christopher Lee died. He said uh, he said, "Well, welcome Christopher Lee. I've been keeping your seat warm or something like that. Or I like I got off my seat and." Here's your seat, or something like that, or I'll get off the throne and here you are, kind of thing. Um, 
Because, you know, Christopher I Lee. I don't know what I would think if I died and the first person I saw was Christopher Lee. I'd either be awesome or, holy shit, I'm fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in vampire hell or something. <laughs> yeah, what did I do wrong? Yeah. But no, so I, I mean, I like to believe that they're all sat around up there, like, uh, drinking tea and discussing horror movies. But, um, like I said on my, uh, diner group on the, on the Facebook there, I said, you know, they live forever in the movies. Like, there'll never be a generation from this generation on that doesn't know Christopher Lee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Hammer Horror Movies, Lord <clears throat> of the Rings, Star Wars, the Tim Burton ones, all those are just going to be played again and again and again and again. Even the, even the, like, um, Musketeer movies he's in get played over and over and over again. Like, there's so many movies he's in that, uh, will outlive us all. You know what I mean? So there won't be a generation that doesn't know him in the future. Yeah. R.I.P. Christopher Lee. I always wanted to see him in an Indiana Jones movie. I thought that would have been rad. He was. I know Jesse Johnson, who is the uh, nephew of Vic Armstrong, one of the biggest um, uh, British stuntmen uh, of all time. Did all the Bond movies, did a bunch of the Indiana Jones movies. And they worked on the young Indiana Jones. It was the first thing that Jesse Johnson um, yeah, I know he was, he was in the, the young Indiana Jones. Right. And yeah, Christopher Lee showed up in an episode of that, but that's where George Lucas got the idea to put him in Star Wars when they were redoing Star Wars. Cause he was like, well, wait a minute. I had Cushing in the first one. I should probably have Lee in this one. That's where the idea came from. And that's what kind of restarted Lee's second half of his career. God damn it. RIP Christopher Lee, but Tim, uh, we lost big dust. Yes, we did. That's a bummer, too. Yeah, because I was talking about this, and it kind of sucked knowing, A, Christopher Lee died the same day. Uh But B, I was like, there's a lot of wrestlers that have passed, and yeah, and I was kind of bummed out. But Dusty Rhodes, to me at least, was like a part of my childhood. Just Yep. He was always on at 6.05 on DBS. Yeah, and the other thing was, too, what made Dusty unique. Was he wasn't the atypical wrestler? Nope, it's just a fat dude. Yep, exactly. He he was a fat dude that. And that's why I posted the barbed wire match. I seen that dude wrestle Iron Man matches with Ric Flair. Uh-huh. I've seen him wrestle in tag team matches with Dirty Dick Murdoch and. Don't forget the fucking bunkhouse brawls. Yeah, just the bunkhouse brawls. He did everything, and. That is the one thing people don't realize, that Dusty Rhodes broke that mold basically saying, you didn't have to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be in wrestling. He, If there was anyone that was kind of like the anti-Hulk Hogan, it was Dusty Rhodes. He didn't need the muscles or nothing like that. He was just, he had the charisma to get himself through things. And Every time he was on. Mike Still. Yeah, I was excited when he wrestled. And just knowing like Ric Flair considered him one of his best friends tells you Ric Flair who would wrestle on a nightly basis. And Ric Flair has very few and far guys that were able to keep up with him. And Dusty Rhodes is one of them. Dusty Rhodes doesn't look like he could keep up with anything. No, he, it looks like he'd get winded walking around the block. And that was some of the best feuds during the early 80s, uh, all the way through the 80s, was Dusty Rhodes and the Four Horsemen. 
Because mm-hmm. it wasn't just Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. It was Dusty Rhodes and the Four Horsemen. And that's why it was always entertaining when they would do these offshoots where, <laughs> like, again, the barbed wire match, it's Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors versus Ivan Koloff, Nikita Koloff, and the Russian Assassin. <laughs> Fucking Russian assassin. It's just he was he was a cool dude, but it, not only was he talented. I mean, even after wrestling, like him doing uh, the commentary for Saturday Night Wrestling, and that was what somebody emailed me back. They're like, I forgot he used to call it the Mothership. I said, Yep. I was like, I remember that. It's like he made you, even when NWA Saturday Night kind of be seemed to be lacking in the early nineties. He made you want to watch it just because of him. Just, it, just him doing his announcing. And then at the end there, he, he was training Ric Flair's daughter, who, uh, who's wrestling as Charlotte now in NXT. He was training her. That just, that's amazing. That dude is just a great dude and it's a shame he yeah. is one of the guys that missed. I mean, and it, like I said, and the reason, I wrote about him, and I usually do not write about that stuff. That was two guys, Christopher Lee, who, I mean, he's one of the, he's like the last great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the last great of horror movies. Uh, That Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, I even mentioned John Carradine, some people would put in there too. He was the last. And then you had Dusty Rhodes in the same day. Not that he was the last, but he was a big part of what made wrestling entertaining. And that is hard to say. I mean, yeah, you have your Stone Colds, you have your Dwayne The Rock Johnsons, you have some of these other guys, you even have a Hulk Hogan. But I bet you any amount of money, they all would say Dusty Rhodes. There was no other Dusty Rhodes. They just he he broke the mold on that stuff. It was him. Cut the greatest promo of all time. <laughs> Hard times, baby. Hot times, daddy. Yeah, he he, died, he wound down with kings and queens and what was it? Eight pork and stuff beans. Pork and beans. Yeah, it's just he'd always do that stuff. Uh, yeah. When you talk about best talker, you're gonna talk about either. One of the three, you're going to either say he was the best talker, or Ric Flair, or Roddy Piper. Yeah. One of those three, and there is no right answer. No, there so, is. R.I.P. Big Dust, born son of a plumber. Now I need to buy me a Dusty Dusty Sucks Eggs t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, I got some Can You Dig It's. I I got a Can You Dig It. I've just okay. fa- I've just found a, a Can You Dig It as well. So. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Okay, well, let me do this one real quick. Cool. Uh, this is specifically for Ed Quillen. Uh, listen up, buddy. Arrow Video is bringing the Mutilator to DVD and Blu-ray in September. Hopefully there's some added bonus scenes in there that makes that movie watchable because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <laughs> that's a terrible fucking movie. If that's true, I'm wondering if this is going to be one of Arrow's first American releases. You're probably right. It's It's got, um, let me see. And that's a good start if they do. Uh, it says brand new 2K restoration from the original vault materials of the R-rated and unrated versions. 
high-definition Blu-ray and standard-definition DVD presentations, original mono, original English subtitles, like that's a fucking special feature, brand new interviews with cast and crew, the mutilator locations visit, reversible sleeve with original and newly commissioned artwork. Is this Arrow US or Arrow UK? I believe it's Arrow US. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Arrow US is supposed to start... Like very soon, and I'm wondering if this is. Oh, the Arrow first US title. has already started, dude. Oh, have they? Cause yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got something. eight titles that they've already released I, that they've sent me for review. Oh, Jesus! I see. I thought they were waiting on something. No, they've been off and fucking running, dude. Good, they just haven't, good. They haven't released apart from Society. Yeah, which, I know that's the big one coming. Which they have released. Well, either they have released or they're going to release. They've sent me a copy. I have it, but um. I hate you, John Cross. Uh, God damn it. Uh, but, um, they, they haven't released many things. They've, re- they've released, um, that, that we would necessarily be interested in. They released, um, what was that movie? Um, oh, the devil one. I've got to find them. Hang on a second, guys. Give me one second and I'll dig them out. Give me one second. Okay. No, that's fine. Cause I see the mutilator, like that would make sense that that's, one of their bigger, that's a bigger horror title that has not been released on DVD. And. Where's fucking Spooky? And God that would damn make, it. that would make a lot of sense of being. Uh, all right, guys. US. Okay, hit us with some titles, John. Okay, so this is what they either have released or are releasing. Blind Woman's Curse, which is an old Japanese ghost Yakuza movie. Uh, Mark of the Devil, which was a really good movie. Uh, it was, that's the one we talked about last time I think I was on the show. Yes, uh, yes it was. Yeah, Is that yeah. the 72? Yeah, that's the one with yeah. Udo Kier and, um, okay, yes. Herbert Lum. Udo uh, Kier playing the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Day of Anger, which was a really kick-ass, uh, spaghetti western with Lee Van Cleef in it. Really enjoyed that one. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Miss, o- and Miss Osborne. Haven't seen that yet, but, uh, that's, that's one of them there. Um, that's another Udo Kier one, I think. Uh, Massacre Gun. That's another, um, uh, Japanese Yakuza movie from the 60s, I believe. Um, Society. Um, uh, Retaliation, which I think is the sequel to Massacre Gun, or, yeah, I think it is. And then Island of Death, which was a Greek, like, it was on the banned list, I think, in the UK, but it's like this Greek weird sex yeah. kill movie. It's like there's two, what are, what are meant to be two English tourists, although one of them is played by an American, which is very confusing. But two English tourists go to a Greek island and basically enact their perversions on people, and whether they like it or not, and then kill them. Hmm. Yeah, it's like if, if Anthropophagus was really horny. Right, basically. Alrighty. It's not yeah, a very good not movie. A, With, not a baby eating cannibal. No, within the first ten minutes, uh, the guy has already woken up and fucked a goat. Mm-hmm. There is goat fucking. There is actual, like, there's actual goat fucking. Yeah. So goat fuckers, take note of. Um, my second piece of can you dig it? Um, did you guys see this Kickstarter campaign to bring the Lost Creep Show to? episode to fruition evidently back in the day there was creep show 2 was going to be five uh episodes long i don't know if you want to call them episodes but they, they ended up with chief woodenhead the raft and the, the hitchhiker yeah or no what's the third one yeah it's the hitchhiker right yeah yeah 
Okay, and then the cat from hell was supposed to be on there, which ended up making it onto Tales, Tales from, from Dark, Dark Side. Side. But there was another one called Pinfall about uh, two rival bowling teams going for the state bowling title, and foul play is involved. So now there's a Kickstarter to get that mo- movie made. Why? Give a shit. No. So there's no footage of this. There's no. No, this was completely excised due to budgetary restraints. Okay. Along with the cat from hell. And I don't. I don't know if they had absolutely anything to do with it in Creepshow. Yeah, because see, when they were making the first one. I already know what John's gonna say, but um, if there were for me, and uh, I will just say this, and then I'll let John go nuts on it. Um. Oh, I wasn't nuts. I mean, it's, I, I couldn't care less. But yeah, kind of. No, I was just. I, I, I just. If there was like actual footage of it, if it was kind of like my bloody Valentine, right? Where you knew the footage existed, and you always wanted it in there, or just to be able to see that footage, I think I would be for this. But if there's nothing there, and, there is nothing. And somebody's just, hey, we want to make this. And, no, I don't. I go try to come up with an original idea. There's there is nothing. That yeah, didn't... I mean, I was going to say yeah. As long as there's, if there's no George A. Romero stuff or no Stephen King stuff or whatever, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not interested either. Creepshow Two is great already. I don't need I, I don't need every you know scrap of paper that Stephen King or every fart Romero ever had turned into a film. <laughs> I don't need this. Go get some original shit, man. Yeah. This this is fucking ridiculous. But what do you guys got? Okay, so on Can You Dig It? Uh, You may have already heard, and I know you don't particularly uh, care, but uh, you may have already heard that Woody Allen is now working for um, uh, Amazon, uh, doing doing his first ever TV show for Amazon. Well... It's been revealed that Terry Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which was the movie that was uh, famously... Cursed to shit. Yeah, cursed to shit. Uh, it was, there was a documentary on the unmaking of it when it back when it starred Johnny Depp uh, and um, Rochefort, what's his name? Um, Thingy Rochefort, French actor, forget his first name now. Sean Rochefort, I think. Uh, due to health issues and weather issues and a whole bunch of other stuff. Then they tried like to mount... Everything burned down. Right. Then they tried to mount again in 05 um, with uh, Robert Duvall, uh, and that failed at the funding stage. Then there was this whole controversy because obviously him and Johnny Depp used to be friends. Then Johnny Depp went off and became a fucking cockbag whole monster <laughs> and and has subsequently like left all his friends behind, it seems, um, because they were... I like how now Johnny Depp is like a, a dog smuggler. Right. Yes. <laughs> they wanted yes. him killed in Australia. And like the internet running joke is Johnny Depp is just in a, a selection of like scarves and bracelets. Right. That's exactly what he is with a big hat on top of it that he stole from yep. Farrell. But, um, uh, at one point Johnny Depp announced that he was going to be doing his own fucking version of it. With, on a dick move. with his Disney cash, which was a real dick move because he's on the interview, on the documentary, um, uh, Lost in La Manche. There is an interview on the DVD in which he says, I don't care how long, uh, uh we wait for it. I'm going to go off and try and raise money. Terry Gilliam's going to go off and try, try and raise money. And then we're going to come back together 
and um, make the movie, Terry Gilliam went off to do the Brothers Grimm, which was meant to be like his big uh, budget Weinstein Brothers movie, and of course ended up clashing with the Weinsteins and you know it being a compromised movie and him fucking hating it. Depp went off to do Pirates of the Caribbean, made huge amounts of money, and then went sequel, sequel, sequel. I own my own private island. I'm leaving my wife. I'm going to shack up with someone who's 20 years old and can't act. And and then we have Mordecai, right? So uh, to come full circle, Terry Gilliam is now working with Amazon to bring The Man Who Killed Don Quixote uh, to both theaters and then a couple of months later streaming. It's going to star Jack O'Connell, who I don't know, and John Hurt, who I do. And John Hurt, who's been the walking Don Quixote now for about the last 20 years. And, yeah, I was going to say, isn't he breached, uh, like, Keith Richards level yeah, old? He has, yeah. I mean, John... Uh, John Hurt has looked old. I think he did Alien was the last movie where he looked like a normal human being. And since then, he's looked 98. Yes. Uh, so he's going to be uh, Don Quixote and um, uh, Jack O'Connell's going to be this young guy's character. But what really excites me about it, A, we're going to get to see that movie. That's going to be awesome. But also Gilliam has said, if this works... You know, Gilliam has been looking for someone outside the studio system to, like, fund his projects. He says if this works, Amazon's very interested in digging up some of his old scripts, like all his uh, unfilmed stuff that he hadn't done. I like where this is going. Like the defective detective and shit like that, and making them into either TV shows and or movies for Amazon streaming and the big screen. Which, As much as I hate to say it, though, like, I'm a huge fucking Monty Python fan. I love all those guys. Terry Gilliam's last two or three movies have just been awful. You didn't like the Zero Theorem? No. Oh, okay. I kind of dug that one. I like the fact that Brianna Tarth was in it and that they worship Batman as their god. Sure. (laughs) I liked all that stuff. Right. No, that movie just droned on and on and on. And then just the end to have Matt Damon show up. No, thank you. Fair enough. I, I like that one, and I, I even like the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus because you have fucking Tom Waits as the devil. So I was happy. Look, I can't, I can't blame him for, for I can't blame him for that movie. I've seen it. I can't recall a lot, but man, when your your main dude dies and then you have to do what you did to get that movie out, good job for you. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think he did a damn good job considering. But no, um, I definitely dig. I've like. For years and years, it always bothered me that someone like Clint Eastwood or someone like Stanley Kubrick or whatever, they had running deals with Warner Brothers where they could make any fucking movie they wanted to make, right? Stanley Kubrick could spend three years destroying Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's marriage making uh, Eyes Wide Shut, and they would put it out and blah, 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 because the idea was that when he died, they would always have in their vaults the Stanley Kubrick collection. That would always be a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? And and uh, I always wanted Gilliam, who I think is a visionary, but I also think is obviously difficult to work with and obviously needs a lot of money to bring his ideas to the screen and blah, 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 blah. I always wanted him to get the Warner Brothers deal where whatever movie he wants to make, they fund and put it out so that when he dies, they'll always have the Terry Gilliam collection. Um and it's a shame he never got that. If Amazon is going to give him that for the next, like, five years or whatever, I dig it. I'm on. Mm-hmm. I will always give Terry Gilliam the benefit of the doubt, just because my... The same with anything any Python guy does. Right, I agree. You always give the benefit of the doubt from me. I agree. Definitely. In some, like, Amazon Prime right now, that's perfect for... 
something of that nature. It's it definitely because for Amazon, they're not losing out on anything. He says they go into cinemas first, and then a month or two afterwards, it will go into streaming. And I think that's good because you get a chance to see it on the big screen. And yet, I know that more people have seen my films on DVD than they have in the cinemas, and that's the reality of life now. And I've been saying this for ages. What I think there's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I do think his movies, like John Carpenter movies, play much better on the big screen. John Carpenter, another director who Universal should have been like, whatever you want to make, we will fund. Yeah, here's the money. Um, so that one day they could have the John Carpenter collection. But anyway, um, the thing that, uh, um, what was I going to say about this? Um, oh yeah, no, the thing that I don't understand why it's still going on and it drives me fucking nuts. And you only have to look at a movie like John Wick, which came out in the US and then came out in the UK six months later. In fact, it came out on Region 2 Blu-ray in France with an English cut of it three months before it even came out in the cinema in the UK. Well, everyone just fucking ordered it from France and had it on Blu-ray in the UK before they even went into the cinemas. What I don't understand about it is, is why a, a movie should come out now Streaming, cinema, and Blu-ray and/or DVD all on the same fucking day. It just should. Uh, I don't. I don't. Agree no, it that. should happen because I tell you the number of movies. I think it should definitely be shorter. I think you give the cinema a three-week head start. Okay. Maybe, but I'm telling. I'm telling you that there are some. There are some movies that I've left the cinema going. If I could go buy that now, I would go buy it now. But then three months, four months down the line, when it does come out, I look at it and go, Nah, I'm going to buy something else. You know, John. You know who was same. I mean, I kind of agree with you, John. I in, reason being is yeah. If Mad Max Fury Road. Was, oh, I don't know. Three weeks ago, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if that's sitting on Blu-ray outside of the theater as I'm coming out, it's bought. Yeah, but right. Disney was trying something of this nature about two years or so ago, and they were doing it in L.A. and I believe either New York or Chicago. They were trying this in a couple of theaters. They were trying to like I, I forget what big Disney movie was at the time. But they had it sitting on DVD and Blu-ray as you came out into uh, the lobby after you were done watching the movie to get you to buy, like, basically to double down on what they just did. Right. And, and basically for them, it was to cover the higher cost on uh, marketing anymore. All that kind of stuff. That but was also going Disney into. DVD is a bit different than regular DVD because Disney liked to do the thing where they put it out on special edition for a week, then yep. they withdraw it for forty years, and then they release. The then yeah, then they re-release it again for three days at the cost of fifty nine ninety nine. You know what I mean? Like that's how Disney yeah. have done it. So it's a bit yeah. different for them. But yeah, yeah, but it, but they it, but it was proof that there was somebody out there trying to do what you're saying to do and i do agree anymore i think uh, just because of i mean i know myself i love seeing movies in the theater it's awesome to go to the theater but one it's getting expensive to go waste money on a movie that might not be good but also two that isn't the problem it is the people yes it is the people that you deal with in the theater I just think right now there are people. That's the theater's fault though, don't you think? 
they have an obligation to kick idiots out. And yeah, they the, don't do it. Theat- theaters are woefully understaffed. I mean, there. I've been in. Uh, I don't know how many. I've seen most of the latest releases. I've seen San Andreas. I've seen Tomorrowland. I saw Spy. I've seen a whole bunch of the new releases. I don't remember seeing a cinema worker. In fact, this is absolutely true. When I turned up for Spy, the dude that stood taking tickets as you enter the main area of the theater, because in New York you go in, they take the ticket at like a, a, a front area, and then you go in and then there's concessions and toilets and the cinema and all the rest of it, and you never see another dude after that ticket taker. No one ever checks if you're coming in and out or going anywhere else. There's no one around at all. Yeah. But this dude, when be. he came to take my ticket, was asleep, dude. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, oh, long night, was it? And he was like, oh, what, what? And I was like, you were asleep, man, when I came up the escalator. He was like, really? I was like, dude, I stood here for like 30 seconds watching you sleep. Two people just walked past you, didn't even check their ticket. I just stole your wallet. <laughs> anyway, you don't see it. And no one comes in and checks the screens at all. Like, no one does. I don't think people clean the fucking screens much anymore either, you know what I mean? No, but uh, they, they're, they're, it's all about making money, and yeah, they're understaffed. They're not hiring people anymore. Right. It's, and they should be hiring people with cattle prods so that when some fucker opens his cell phone halfway through the movie, he gets 10,000 volts up his japs eye. Some chick starts eating a fucking head of lettuce like I saw. You, just that <laughs> you fucking club that bitch like Well, a that's just field. Indiana, dude. <laughs> that's no shit. I saw... What, uh, what was I watching? I don't remember what I was... Taken 3. I was watching Taken 3. <laughs> sitting in... The, I the, think the Taken 3, I think head of lettuce. I need Sitting to in the first row of the second seat... Of the second section of seats. Then it's like aisle... Then it's like the little six seats where the handicap seats are, where it's like got big spaces for the wheelchairs and stuff. In walks a morbidly fat chick with a fucking like plastic bag with a head of lettuce in it and some other stuff. Halfway through the movers, well, she popped that head of lettuce out and just started chomping away. <laughs> I'm like, what fucking trailer court septic tank did you fucking congeal from, lady? At least she was trying to be healthy, okay? Yeah. I had some dude who was eating curry that he'd brought in off the street, um, and that was stinking the whole fucking... I was going to say, isn't that some stinky shit? That is some stinky-ass shit. Someone was like, who's eating soup? And it was this dude had curry. Who brought the corpse? Yeah, this was was at Tomorrowland. Like, people shoot him out of the fucking thing. Um, No, I just think... I I think there are people who watch movies at home. There are people who collect and buy movies. And there are people who go to the cinema to see it. The only thing that my idea would limit is that where I went to see Mad Max Fury Road twice in the cinema, I would have only gone once in the cinema and then bought it on Blu-ray. But either way... I've been five times. Right. So, yeah, they're going to miss out on that. There is that aspect to it. But beyond that, and that's a very selective few, I rarely, if ever, go to the movie theater twice to see a movie. Rare, if ever. Right, yeah. So, we're talking rewatches on maybe one movie every five years. So, really... That would be the one right there, yeah. Well, that would be the one. But, like, really, at the end of the day, I just think if everything came out 
all in one day. If you wanted to sit at home and stream it for twelve ninety nine, you could. If you wanted to pay the extra three bucks and go to the cinema and see it, you could. If you wanted to pay the extra twenty bucks and go see it, at, at buy a Blu ray of it or whatever, you could. Like, and what the, what would end up happening is exactly what ends up happening now. People will either go to the theater and see it and then decide whether they want to buy it or not, or they would stream it and then decide if they want to buy it or not. That's, now, you know, you know what would actually happen would be like uh, pay. Pick, come to the theater and see the 10 exclusive minutes. Buy the DVD and see all the exclusive, you know, alternate endings. They'd want you to do that three times on three different. They'd want you to buy it at home and stream it for extra shit. They'd want you to buy the DVD that had extra shit on it. And the theater experience would have, like, a completely different ending or something like that. They'd try to triple up on you right now. I guess we not. Yeah, Kyle, not, not everybody is Anchor dip. Bay. I was going to say, I just said double dip, yeah. I think that's exactly what they would do. Cause yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I still like. I still think the other thing as well is internationally, fucking hell, these companies. I know different companies own copyrights to the same movie in different regions, but yeah. just fucking get it together, man. There's, like... Yeah, it shouldn't have been 20-some-odd years that it takes to get Phantasm 2 released in America. Yeah, Universal. Right, and it shouldn't have been six... It shouldn't have been... Uh, there shouldn't be a Region 2 Blu-ray version of a movie three months before that movie comes out in the cinema in the UK. Because you're just losing money by doing that. That's just stupid. That's just dumb. You know what I mean? Release it all the same time across the world. Get rid of fucking Blu-ray and DVD regions. That's bullshit too. And just let that's just a money-making ploy, right? Yeah, just let is. everybody yeah. fucking watch everything, and we will give you money. Like Louis C.K.'s right the way he does it with his five-dollar thing. He's like, mm-hmm. pay me five dollars. You can have the whole fucking show. You can stream it twice. You can have an audio version of the show. You can have a video version of the show. It's five bucks. It's yours. Just please don't pirate it. And he's making millions doing that. And he's he's like, because if you offer it to someone for a reasonable fucking price, right, people will actually step up and spend the money. It's when you try and rip someone off that people start to fucking pirate shit or when things aren't available in one region but they are available in other regions is when people start to really pirate shit. You know what I mean? This is this is true. Yep, Nightbreed for $80. Right, hey. exactly. <laughs> you want to talk to him, gross. <laughs> Getting that shit for free, you son of a bitch. <laughs> or not free, but you got the special edition for the price of $24. I wish I would have got in on that Halloween collection. Oh, I still see people trying to hawk those Halloween Dude, boxes. you can still pick it up. It's like 70 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I've just been, I, I've said it before, like three years ago when we started this show, if it's not Halloween 3, I am burned the fuck out on that series. But that, it's going to take another 10 years. But John, that set that like crazy asset that had everything was 1995 and that thing went viral (laughs) right right but they they took that down they only um they didn't process all those orders they some people got them some some people people did yeah but they canceled those orders after about the first 10 or something i was gonna say but the other thing was too a lot of people were still bitching because they were uh fighting with the credit card company because they still got charged or the credit card company left it on their card for it too though right well what do you got tim you got some shit 
Uh, two things. First off, uh, I know you don't like Kickstarter, Kyle, but... I, I, it's not that I don't like Kickstarter. Look, man, it's a glut. Everybody doesn't get to get everything they want all the time. I do get to go to Horror Realm, though. You, you pick, yeah. you pick, and you gotta pick your battles. And T-Shirt Joe gets to have big titted ladies in small t-shirts. I, I will fully support <laughs> that shit 100% of the time, no matter who does it. And well, I get to go to Horror Realm. Porta Nova is doing it right now. Uh, buddies of his are, uh, they have the October people, which is John Portanova's crew, and they are hooking up with a group, uh, a filmmaker who did a movie called The Gut, which if you've not seen it, it we've was, talked about that. I yeah, think. we talked about it about a year and a half ago. I love the movie. Well, he's working with those people and they're doing some kind of Kickstarter. So go check it out. I did post it on my own Facebook page, grossmoviereviews.com, and it's on Bloodbass and Boomsticks. Uh, for people to go support John Portanova and go check out what it's all about. Looks kind of cool. Uh, with Portanova involved, of course, it'll be interesting. So I'm all for it. So I dig it. I, I dig it. Yeah, sure. I mean, that sounds like fucking pandering because we love John. But you know what? John's got talent. John doesn't have money. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I, I get pissed at Kickstarter when it's stupid shit. Like Rob Zombie. Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> asshole. You're worth $40 million. <laughs> Suck a dick. I like your movies. Your music, your music's nothing but a ripoff. Go, fuck you, bro. Yeah, shit like that. <laughs> shit like that just shits on all the other Kickstarters for me, which is why I hate it. It's a trickle-down shit effect. <laughs> no, I just went no, all Jim Leahy. Holy shit. No one famous should be using Kickstarter. No. Period. Full mm-hmm. stop. Done. Nobody. And and as as much as it like highlighted the stupidity of some people, nobody should be making thousands of dollars to make fucking potato salad either. Fuck that <laughs> shit. Uh, the, oh god, that was a bad memory. The the other uh, can you dig it is my story of how I sold a copy of the book this week. Nice. I want to hear it. <laughs> Can you dig it? I'm on the phone. I've been working a lot 11-hour, 12-hour days uh, for several weeks now. And that's what I told my car insurance guy. He likes to talk to me once a year, basically, uh, coming up my renewal policy. And he just said, uh, oh, what's your ad- email address so I can send you because I'm talking to him on the phone. Finally get a hold of him, just sitting there on the couch. It's like gross movie reviewed, you know, browsing. He's like, Tim. He's like, I, I keep forgetting to ask. He asks me about this, uh, like, couple movies. I've talked to him in the past, and we're talking about, like, how gross movie reviews got going and everything. And it was just like, after he's pitching me uh, drive-wise, and you could get one of those things on your car so you could get discount. I was like, you know what you could do, sir? You can go to Lulu.com right now. <laughs> and Tim died. No. Oh, no. No. If the fucking guy got revenge. Come back into the light, Tim Gross. Tim's computer fan has overheated his computer. He will be back, but it is question time. And this is John Cross's favorite favorite part of the show. It is my favorite part of the show. I love this. Do you have any? Did you have any questions that you had? Uh, no, I don't think anyone uh, answered my uh, shout out in the dining group. So fuck all of them. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. We'll go with the Ed Quillen rapid-fire round here. 
Nice. So, uh, Ed Quillen asked, did John Cross ever want to be a ninja when he grew up? Uh, I am one. Don't you, you, why would you ever tell anybody? Well, because I'm so... That's not how ninjas work. <laughs> I'm, I'm so good at it that you still won't see me coming, even though you know I'm a ninja. Okay. Um... <laughs> did I want to be... Yeah, I did, I did want to be a ninja growing up, yeah. Okay, Dagon is awesome. Just watched it again yesterday. Yeah, Dagon is fucking pretty righteous. It's about one of the best sci-fi channel movies there is. Have you seen that? I haven't, man. No, what's it about? Jeffrey, dude, Jeffrey Combs, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Stuart Gordon, H.P. Lovecraft. You gotta get it. Oh fuck, I know the one you mean. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen that. And it's if, fucking great. If I have seen it, I saw it like twenty years ago. And Dan O'Klonowski says, "Hey, Quilla, nobody remembers Dagon." <laughs> I do. I like it. Um, this is from my best buddy ever, Tristan Gnarly Martin. Uh, he says, My Hollywood spies tell me that the character of Max in the new Fury Road flick wasn't, in fact, the Max from the original flicks, but, in fact, a feral kid grown up from the Road Warrior who has taken on the role of a legendary man called Max from his past. Are those people who are hunting... Hunting him through his thoughts, are they the northern tribe he once led? What do you guys think? I I I read that conspiracy theory. Did you read that about how Max is not Max, but he's the feral kid? I didn't. No. Yeah, there's. It's a. You'll have to look it up. It's really involved, and some of it makes sense. Some of it, you're just like, you guys, fucking what? Do you have jobs? <laughs> Sit around and think of this weird shit all day, but... I mean, I would rather that than him him be Mel Gibson. I just think it's Max. I think people just love that movie so much, they want to, they, you know, want to talk about it, and this is how they do it. Sure. That's what I think. Uh, um, but is is the midget related to Master Blaster? Uh, or as far as I'm concerned, this is how the movie ends. Rictus Erectus lives, walks out of that crash, picks up that little midget and becomes Master Blaster. Right. That's what happens. That's fact, according to me. Or is he is he Master Blaster's left testicle? He's got to be Master. Yeah. Because he's a genius. He's like the guy that runs all that upstairs in Immortan Joe's mountaintop fuck palace. Go, he runs all that shit. Go look after Daddy. Yeah, yeah I guess that guy's like... I don't know. We have an Australian or New Zealand fan that was telling us, uh, like, that guy has been on TV a lot over in that part of the country, and they've watched him grow up. Nice. And I said, you enlighten me, and, and he never did. So he's like the Clint Howard of Australia, then? Kind of, I guess. Like an ugly little mutated thing, but we've watched him grow up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and why is it that Clint Howard isn't in Basket Case? He is. His hair is the basket. As the creature. Anyway, sorry. Next question. <laughs> what do you think the basket is made of? Yeah, right. Our hair. Clearly made out of clay. Um, Ed Quillen says, Lips and Assholes, the name of a metal band or what's really in a hot dog? Uh, both. Why can't it be both? I think, how about this? What's really, it's, it's what's really in a hot dog and the first album by the metal band Lips and Assholes is called What's Really in a Hot Dog? Question <laughs> <laughs> mark. That's it. Um, oh, no, no. I, I and it's, like... it's not Lips and Asshole. 
It's Jeffrey Lips and the assholes. Okay. I'd like to think Lips and Assholes is like a failed 80s glam metal band. Sure. Just like a fucking hair band. Yeah, it's like something that uh, uh, Gene Simmons did on the side. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Gene Simmons side project. Um, Ed Quillen says, can a person die from eating too much mashed potatoes? Well, yeah. I mean, technically, you can die from either overfeeding and or suffocation. But I thought, well, I, I don't know. But I, uh, I what does he mean? I mean, like, you, you can die from drinking too much water. You can yeah, you can die but, from eating too many carrots. I mean. No, no bad has ever come from mashed potatoes. I'd like to think they're the ambrosia of food. No, they are. But I, but, but. Too much of anything can kill you. I mean, we, unless unless we're uh, unless unless you think somehow mashed potato will always be absorbed into the ecosystem of your body and and never fill you up. I'd like to think that if somebody like tried to smash my plate my face into a plate of mashed potatoes, like I wouldn't drown. I would just breathe the mashed potatoes, and you would become stronger and more powerful. Uh huh. Right. Spud man. Spud man. Sure, uh, okay. Oh, here's a question. When you make mashed potatoes, Kyle, do you use butter, cream, yes. milk, or all of them? Uh, yeah, the butter and milk, that's it. Butter and milk, okay. I learned from my grandma, and she can make some goddamn good fucking mashed taters. And they are called mashed taters in Indiana. Recently, I had mashed taters and mashed parsnips with parmesan and garlic mixed in. My Christ, it was one of the tastiest things I've ever put in my mouth. I wanted to bathe in them. (laughs) I wanted to make a house out of them. I wanted Ed Quillen to come round and have his mind fucking blown by them. Ed Quillen, you could make him a little guest house behind your mashed potato house. Yes. Where he would sit and watch the mutilator all day. That's exactly what would happen. Um, Wearing T-shirt Jones, T-shirt Joe's T-shirts. And and killing hipsters. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, if John, Ed Quillen asks, is John Cross going to run for mayor? Uh, uh, mayor of where? Mayor of the world? Mayor of New York City? Mayor of America? Where am I going to run for mayor of? Mm-hmm. town? <laughs> no, you can't do that. They'd fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Earth? I'll, I'll run for mayor of Earth, sure. Earth. I, you got my vote. Would, um, would I get your vote? Would I, would I be in there? Yeah. Okay. Of course. If if there was ever like an Earth election, yeah, John Cross. John Cross. I, I, you know, prerequisite. I will vote for Jesse Ventura before you. Okay. What if, what has, if I have throw his hat in the ring? What if I have Jesse Ventura's as part of my cabinet, as part of like my inner sanctum? Well, that's just the bet. That's just like combining of the superpowers, of course. Right. And and do we beat Mars in an intergalactic mashed potato off? Yeah. Okay, good. That's all right, then. Of course. Who has fucking zero-gravity mashed potatoes? Yeah. But we have, like, a mashed potato dance-off where we have to dance in mashed potatoes, and we win. Because we Uh, hire... Everyone wins in that situation. We hire the chick from... Whose name I've forgotten now, but we hire the chick from Ninja 3, the domination. Lucinda Dickey? Lucinda Dickey. Yes. Hey, everybody. Tim Gross is back. She was just in some documentary, too. I think she was in that... That cannon? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She was in there. Yeah, no, we, we, we're we talking. We got down to uh, Ed Quillen's questions, and he was yeah, asking. Yeah, we're, we're doing the Ed Quillen rapid-fire round right yeah, now. Yeah, I've seen he, he asked a ton of those questions. He asked, will I run for mayor? And we've decided I'm running for mayor of the earth. <laughs> I will be backed up by Jesse Ventura. 
Because <laughs> he's we, off the grid. Because he's yep. off the grid. And we will, bu- we will beat Mars in a mashed potato dance-off where both planets create the largest vat of mashed potatoes possible and Lucinda Dickey is on Earth's team and then, like, Mars has some sort of, like, squid, five-legged, mad bollock creature on their thing and Cthulhu. we win. We win. <laughs> But we win because we have Cohagen. We'll just take all their air. Yeah, and and also because Lucinda Dickey decides to cover her entire body in um, fruit drink or juice drink. Well, what is it that she puts vegetable drink? It's that it's that vegetable fruit. Yeah, that she pours all over herself in Ninja Three: The Domination. Yeah. God, it's been forever since I've seen that movie. Such a fucking weird movie. <laughs> um, this is for everybody. It's from Ed Quillen. Who is your favorite director? No, Dictator. Oh, but... Dictator. I'm sorry. Uh, Ming the Merciful. <laughs> yeah, same difference. Yeah, director, Ming? Dictator. Of course, Ming. Ming. <laughs> All hail Ming. Yes. Uh... Favorite Dictator is John Cross. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an elected mayor. I'm not a dictator. I'm yeah. an elected mayor. Tim, you could become the dictator and try to overthrow John Cross and his... His mashed potato space monopoly. No, I could never do that. I John owns the market. You could turn heel. Yeah, you could do a coup d'etat, mate. Yeah. You could just, like, yeah, I see John rounding the corner in Dealey Plaza and his head just exploding and mashed potatoes flying everywhere. Yeah, you could be like the Lyndon Johnson to my JFK. (laughs) Somebody got to do it, Tim. Might as well be you. (laughs) Sure, why not? We can't shoot you. You're the human bullet shield. Yeah, you're the Judas to my Jesus Christ. Uh, Ed Quillen says, is anybody going to see Ant-Man? I'm not. I think that movie looks like trash. Um, I think it looks like garbage. Well, they lo- Marvel lost a hell of a lot of traction with me with fucking Avengers 2, which was bullshit. Um, but I will still go see Ant-Man, yes. Just that Thomas the Tank engine gimmick in that makes me just go, what the fuck? No, I want to see if Michael Douglas uh, puts on a V-neck sweater and goes to a nightclub to pick up chicks. <laughs> That's I, what I want to see. I, Mid- I, midget chicks. I just, I just <laughs> Ant-Man just, to me, doesn't seem like it has the pull. Doesn't seem like an interesting character. And yeah. it's played by Paul Rudd, a not yeah. interesting person. I don't know. I'm not going to see it. Uh, I, I've got no interest. I'll wait for DVD. Um, but anyone who's not going to see it, apparently the hashtag is Ain't Man. Yes, from Dana. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, Good hashtag. I'm, I'm, saving, I'm saving Dana's question for last. Okay. Um, Ed Quillen says, how did Caveman brush your teeth? Uh, a combination of twigs, seaweed, and snot. I just figured they used that bone from 2001. Or they used, ah, they used the pubic mane of the cave women to floss. Gross. That's what I'm going <laughs> Um, Ed Quillen asks, anybody else love every Stuart Gordon movie? And what do you think is his most underrated movie is? I think, and Ed says he thinks it might be Castle Freak. Well, Castle Freak's one of his best movies. Yeah. Is it, un- yeah. is it underrated? I don't think so. Isn't I think it's... Is Dolls exactly his most underrated movie? Or Robot Sharks? I think Dolls is probably on the bottom of my list. Right. Clear, clearly From Beyond is his best. Yes. I think we'd all agree on that. Yes. Yeah. With Reanimator a very close second. Oh, yeah. I know, Tim probably going to disagree there. With what? 
Well, hang on a Which second. Is a better Stuart Gordon movie, Reanimator or From Beyond? I would have to go with Reanimator, Slight Edge. I do like From Beyond, but Reanimator is just a lot of fun for me. Yeah, had I caught that in my formative years, my opinion would have been very different. Also, you get full Barbara Crampton Cramptons and Little Crampton. You get the whole works with Reanimator. You get all the Cramptons. You get, you get every Crampton available in Reanimator, whereas in From Beyond, you get Bondage Crampton and you get uh, Open Nighty Crampton, but you don't get the full Cramptons. So may- maybe I'll change my opinion to Reanimator. As a consolation prize, you do get some pretty sweet Ken Foray banana hammock. You do get Ken Foray... Smuggling the grapes. Red, red Speedo action. You do, oh, yeah. you do get... And, and, a ta- and, and a tash to be reckoned with. Yes, and he makes some pretty sweet mashed potato-like things. Yes, he does. He he does. I, every time I see that scene, he, those look so goddamn good. I don't know what they are, but I want to eat them. Okay, very quickly, sub-question. Ken Free versus Fred Williamson, Mustache Wars of the Big Black Guys, go. Oh, Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Fred Williamson all the way. Had Ken Free rocked that mustache in absolutely everything, we're still rocking it today, Sam Elliott style. Would... No one could beat Sam Elliott. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying he beat Sam Elliott. I'm saying if he'd rocked the mustache the whole time, would his mustache have gained in power enough to be comparable to Fred Williamson's mustache? No, I think Fred Williamson's just it's it's not the amount and thickness. It's just the the symmetry, the Williamsonness of it. Yeah, yeah. His his symmetry and his nice. It's. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, Ed Quillen asks... Uh, oh, by the way, yes, everyone else does love every Stuart Gordon movie, because every Stuart Gordon yeah. movie is gold. Yeah. Uh, Ed Quillen asks, did Toby Hooper ever make a bad movie? Yes, almost all of them. Oh, what? I, I, I don't I'm, I don't get the big whoops for Toby, Toby Hooper. Like, Chainsaw 2, sir! Uh, Chainsaw 1! Poltergeist, Life baby. Force. No, all right. You're right. Great. You're the right. Mangler. The man- Mangler. Okay, no, you're right. No, he never made a bad movie. I'm thinking of someone else. <laughs> I, even, I even like Mortuary. No, he never now, made a bad movie. Yeah. No, now I'm going to direct Ed Quillen to some obscure Toby Hooper right now. Nice. Look up Toby Hooper, and I can't remember the title of it. Toby Hooper directed, and this solely sounds like I'm making it up, but no, I'm not. He directed an episode of Amazing Stories about an intergalactic beauty contest hosted by Weird Al Yankovic, and Weird Al Yankovic's head is lettuce. Nice. True story. And so, in our intergalactic world where I am mayor and Toby Hooper is directing our uh, beauty pageant, who do we put up from Earth and does Meg Foster win everything? Belladonna. Yes. Belladonna? Okay. Yeah, we got to put Belladonna in there. She's got skills. Okay. Yes. Oh, gosh, where are we at? But doesn't Meg Foster come out and her eyes make the competition wither and die? Yes. Yeah, Belladonna hits her with the fucking baseball bat. No, okay, good point. Well, she still has both hands available. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
where are we at? Uh, is John Cross going to ban all chuds from New York? I was going to say, please <laughs> tell me you didn't read the chud. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Are chuds, are you racist against chuds, Mayor of New York, John Cross? No, I'm not. No, I would have a, I would have a specific, uh, chud community that I would, uh. <laughs> would you offer chud job training? Yes, I would. I would, I would, uh, I would give chuds the things they need to succeed in a modern environment. Uh, and I would also use them to defend our waterways and our general, uh, I would also consult on them if we had any, you know, water-based, uh, disasters and sewage-based disasters. Ninja Turtles, we could call the Chuds to eradicate them. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, no, I would have Chuds over Ninja Turtles in New York yes. City. Any Teenage Mutant Ninja Chuds. Just going back to the Intergalactic Beauty Contest for one second, does Mars not win because their women have three tits? Do they not automatically win? Or do we start grafting on tits to win? They have a midget up there. They do. But, oh, what if we started grafting tits on to our most beautiful women down here and we forced them to go under third tit uh, 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 surgery in order to beat Mars? It'd be like total recall everywhere. That's what I mean. Yeah, but would, would we beat Mars if we grafted on third tits to our women, or do Mars immediately win because they are naturally producing three-titted women? That was a mutation. That's not natural. That can't happen. That's like fake tits. Okay. You don't allow that. No, we can't. We can't allow that. Okay. I just uh, check. But yes, chuds, in- chuds are free in New York City, as far as I'm concerned. We'll have a we'll have a chud uh, parade every year. We'll, Chud Awareness Parade. Chud Awareness Parade. We'll have a day dedicated to them, like the Puerto Ricans. We'll Chud, have Chud, Chud Pride Day. Yeah, we'll have flags with Chuds. They'll have specific bars they can go into to drink to drink uh, glow in the dark uh, radiated uh, sewage drinks or whatever they drink. So yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Ed Coolen says, "What's your favorite slasher? Can't decide between Sleepaway Camp or Pieces." He also it asked, do Chuds like pizza? Chuds oh, well, that's a, everyone, yeah, of course, Chuds like pizza. Yeah, everyone likes pizza. Yeah, I guess I skipped that one, but that one's a, we did that. Never mind, yeah. So, what's our favorite slasher? Can't decide. My, mine has always been popcorn. I love it. Popcorn all the way. What about you, Tim? Uh, oh, man, that's a tough pick. Uh, Leatherface 3 gotta be in there. I've never considered any of those movies slasher movies though. See, it's always tough to decide which yeah, slasher I don't movies consider, which not. Um, I don't consider Nightmare on Elm Street a slasher movie either. I'm a big or, Friday 13th Part 3 fan. 7. 7. I also like six. 7. What about you, John I love part six. Uh, well, I mean, if I'm asking it serious, if I'm answering it seriously, probably Halloween. Yeah, I, um, I'd have to go with Halloween, I guess. But if I'm going for slightly more obscure stuff, then Pieces is definitely fucking up. Yeah, there. that's a great pick. Um, that fucking that's off the goddamn rail. I was gonna say the. Burning. I love Pieces. I, I the burning's good, but I would also go. I mean, it's technically. Do we include Giallos in slasher movies? <laughs> No, I think they're their own separate subgenre. So I can't put Deep role. Red in there then. No, no, I think that yeah, I think they go by their own rules. Okay. Because I, as I said, Sleepaway Camp. I'm right with you on that. I, I love Sleepaway Camp. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got a book of slashes here. I'm actually... It's it's probably one of my... Along with zombie movies, probably my favorite horror subgenre is is slashes. Um, I love that. What What's the one? Is it Aerobicide? The aerobic yes. dead yes. one? That's fucking hilarious. The one with Foray? Yes. Yeah, it's oh, a ro- I gotta see that. Yeah, it's a robicide. Um, yeah, I have that. Killer yeah. workout. Also. Cause that's killer workout. Yeah, because it's yeah. De- yeah, killer workout and there's death spa. Death spa. Yeah, that's the other one. Um, I have a book on slashes, and my 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 thing is that one day I want to watch them all. I want to watch every single one. And, and American Nightmare or something like that. And, yeah. No, no, it's just called the Slasher Movie Book, and oh. uh, I I just want like the more. The more it's based on holidays or superstitions or anything like that, the happier I am. Like I want every fucking I want Memorial Day, I want Columbus Day, I want I every- just watched I was telling Kyle a couple of weeks ago, I just watched a movie called Memorial Day Massacre. Nice. And- oh, Tim, uh I forgot to tell you because you got cut off. I have discovered another massacre movie. <sighs> it's called Dude Bro Massacre Party Two. <laughs> or wait, I think I got that wrong. Hold on. I'm gonna look it up. Well, it's, there it is. It's called. It, it came out in 2015. It's called Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. Okay, I want to see. And it. It, it stars uh, Pat Oswald, Nita Hartley, of course, and Andrew WK. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, John, uh, Out of Print Dan. That's what uh, I love Out of Print Dan for, and that's uh, like how we met. Was I would just always be looking for. 80s out of print movies and that was how we became friends and that's i'll get a lot of stuff off of him just because i I have a movie called attack of the killer refrigerator nice it's from the 80s just that's the kind of stuff i i'm with you i want to see all the 80s slasher films yeah i want to see all of them i've got this book and i'm going to work my way all all the way through them uh i like the um i even like the like mad jim winorski ones the um Oh yeah, no, dude. Oh fuck, the the um, Slumber Party Massacre two with the drill guitar. Yes. Well, I was gonna say if we're gonna talk Jim Wynorski and we're gonna talk slashers because he's his own genre. Chopping Mall. Chopping, Chopping Mall. Mall and Hard to Die are my favorites. Hard to Die is fucking awesome. But what's the one he made before Hard to Die? Is that Sorority House Massacre two? He yeah he did. Uh, he did two and three, right? Hard to Die yes. is the unofficial third one. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I love Sorority House Massacre 2 because the woman takes a shower, and when she rubs her breasts, it makes the noise of a squeaky balloon. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I fucking love that. My Bloody Valentine is a – you can't – that's that's got that's some – That has yeah. got some uh, – That's the number one Canadian slasher. That's got some minor mustache work in that. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. The – when you put that a big fat dude, yeah. mustaches, primo. When you put mustaches and plaid shirts on a man, I'm I'm there. That's really where I'm at. Uh, I love I love my bloody Valentine. I love Sorority House Massacre too. Uh, Maniac, uh, Maniac mm. Cop. Uh, yeah, big fan of that series. I mean, really, dude, you can't go wrong with any of these. Slashes is where it's at. I love. Yeah. Um, where are we at? Okay, uh, Dano, Dano Klonowski. Well, no, dude, we got uh, two more from Ed Quillen. Uh, like we did those, I started at the bottom. No, what slasher film would Tim Gross remake if he had the means? Oh, okay, yeah, I skipped that because Tim went around. Oh, um, good question. 
Cannibal Holocaust, or no, 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 Undead Holocaust. Uh, no, that's my own. Um, Woodchipper Massacre. I would never, I would never remake Woodchipper Massacre. I couldn't. Um, <laughs> there was, I see, I seen this question earlier, and I actually, I'll tell you what, dude. Please remake that one we watched where the guy is living in the bottom of the furniture store. Hide and go shriek. Hide and go shriek. Make that movie good, please. <laughs> that is, no, honestly, that could be one of them, but there was one I literally, I did one remake that I felt need a remake, well, besides Leprechaun Origins that just came out. Um, if I had the means, man, it, it, it is kind of tough, but there, I had one in my mind. And I can't remember it now, but Hide and Go Shriek isn't a bad one to remake. I wouldn't mind doing that. Oh, man. It's killing me now because it, it, I thought it was a good pick. You know what? I really For- like. I, I would love to see, and this is like if, if, the, if somebody asked me what would be a perfect movie to remake, and, I, you know, remakes are hit and miss with me. Mm. Remake Hell Knight. Mm. I like Hell Knight. I do too, but I think I think it could be done better. I don't know. I just don't. Has know. there been a good slasher remake though? Did, oh, did anyone see the um, My Bloody Valentine wasn't that bad? The Night yeah. the Dreaded Sundown remake. Did yes. anyone actually see that? Was it yes. any good? It's I, fucking awesome. Yeah, because the trailer stuff. looked really good. It's Dude, really that movie good. will fucking surprise the shit out of you. No shit. Okay, because the movie looked the trailer to me. I was like. Shit, I haven't seen, like, slow-moving camera work, widescreen lighting like this since a Carpenter movie. I was, like, the, really the impressed best, by this. The, the, the best tr- thing I could say about that is the less we tell you about that, the better. So yes. I should see it then. All right, I'll check yes. that one out. It's yeah, I was going to say, if there's a movie, like, I didn't go I'm not a fan of the original Night Dreaded Sundown because it's got too much comedy in it. The comedy drives me nuts in it. Yeah, but see, this doesn't have any comedy in it. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. 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 But I was going to say... If I'm not remaking Hide and Go Shriek, I always wanted to make a sequel to Slaughter High or Killer Party. Yes. Those have been Both always are. like my two favorite slasher films. Um, Slaughter High is really good. We did that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Slaughter High. I love Slaughter High. Slaughter High is fucking badass. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, I mean, outside of that, the only other one I might want to do just, for, oh, here you go. Um, it's a sequel, Return to Sleepaway Camp, the fourth you one. Erase that one. That one's just yeah. That one I've I'd rather always, see that movie erased. Yeah, I always wanted to remake that, just for the mere reason that I felt for the money that was thrown at that, and what they did with that was just a travesty. I'd be right. I like the two. Um, the two sequel, I like two and three. Oh, no, two I don't, and three are great. I don't like two them. is the best. Oh, I love two. I don't like them as much as I like the first one because the first one's just completely fucked up and twisted. Yes. Um, and I, I, I just reminded myself recently that like the first one is dedicated to his mum, which is even weirder. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like all three movies. I just felt like. Man, I I just felt like Felicia Rose could have been used so much better. They could have done something better with that fourth movie. It yeah. just, it, I just, it 
to me that if there's really one I'm going to remake, it's that. That is a slasher film. But Kyle, yes, Hide and Go Shriek, as much as I love it, I would remake it just for you if I had the means to do it. Just make it entertaining. <laughs> I I would remake it just because of you. I'd remake cool. Night School. I've not even heard of that one. That's the yes. that's the, the British yeah. one with Rachel yeah, Ward in it. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Um, but here you go. If, because again, this is the full moon reference for this show. If there is a full moon movie, I'm going to remake just for shits and giggles. I want to remake Sorority Babe Slime Bolorama. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and and the one thing we all agree is the greatest film ever and should never, ever be touched by either a remake Spookies. or anything. It's Spookies. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because we can't have a Bloodbath and Boomsticks where Full Moon and Pookies don't come up. So Tim, Tim, I want to know what the fuck this mad... What is this fucking... I was going to open the show with this? What the fuck is this? You send me a text, there's a spooky sequel? Uh, unofficial. Why do I not know about this? I don't care unofficial or not. Uh, it was even what called, like, what is it, Zombies of the Vegan Dead or something like that. Some weird title. It's also called The Killer Dead. I don't know if it's one of those Grizzly 2 movies, like, where it wasn't completely finished. But apparently somebody in 2000... Is this from 1992? 2000, I thought it said. I'm not sure. All I know, I'm getting a copy. <laughs> you gotta make me a copy of that. <laughs> it, 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 you said it had the, the cast? Yeah, what? supposedly it has Peter Isello and most of the cast of Spookies, including Gabe Bartolos doing special effects. Oh, shit. This could be... Possibly a precursor of Skinned Alive. Yeah. Oh my god. Right around that time. Gotta get this. Yeah. uh, Yesterday, Dan texted me. That was after I texted him. Like John, I was. I texted Kyle and Dan pictures of my daughter watching Phantasm. Pre gaming. Yeah, waiting for her Phantasm birthday, and uh, sitting there, I get a text back from Dan. Hey. I have a movie for you. <laughs> it's like, what is it? He's like, how about a sequel to Spookies? <laughs> he sent me, he sent me the thing and I sent it to Kyle what it said today. It's, it's directed by Brendan Faulkner who directed some of the OG Spookies. Yep. It's got Gabe, yeah, Gabe and, and, and fucking Peter Ocello and it's called Killer Dead. Have we, have we just found something that's going to make Kyle's head explode? Yes. Dude, this is, if, as soon as I get a hold of this, god damn it. Yeah, John, I made sure I literally waited until like 10 minutes before the show to throw it at him. And, and Tim, I think as I am most frequent guest on the show, you probably need to chuck me a copy too. Okay. Yeah, because I have the Pookies now on the DV, so I need the Pookie sequel. Everybody needs the Pookies on the DV. Here, it was originally titled <laughs> "Non-Vegetarian Zombies from Outer Space." Nice. Oh, fuck, I want that. And it had some kind of release in Argentina in 1992. I fucking in Argentina. That's so fucking random. I love it. Good Spookies for you. Nothing. Nothing says random like Spookies. Guys, yeah. if, if I do make it to Horror Round, we're watching Pookies together, right? Of course. Nice. I'm not. I'm not letting that not happen. Okay. Is that all right, Tim? Do you mind us having? Yeah. Like a no, that's fine. I have no problem. With that. 
Pookie's round the gross household. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine. It's a due to rights problems. This film was only released in Europe, Asia, and South America. Gotta get this. God damn it, I gotta get that. Yeah, it's just like... It's a, and it claims a semi-sequel to cult classic Spookies filmed afterward. Director Faulkner brings together the cast and crew of Spookies for a new tale of terror. A group of camp- campers led by mobster Vinny, Peter Asilo, uh, <laughs> take a hike in the woods to terror. They come acro- across a crashed UFO, a group of aliens. They kill one of the aliens, but the remaining creature devises a plan, reviving dead as zombies. Have revenge upon the group of terrified campers. Special effects are by Gabe Bartolos, who later did the Leprechaun series. And the cinematographer is by Ken Kelsch, who later became Abel Ferra's favorite DP. On a low budget, it has many great points, including Vinny's meeting a little girl zombie, dancing zombies, and a funny turn by Tom Sakaya as crazy artist Hugo P. Abernathy. <laughs> I love the fact that they're in the woods and they come across a UFO. That's how it always happens. That's yes. awesome. But that's, and then, and yes. then there are little girl zombies because of the UFO. God damn it. Out of print, Dan. Get me a copy. Uh, we got two more questions. Uh, the first one's from our... our where did we decide he, he was from? Sweden. Sweden. Are you talking about Peter Agron? Because yeah, I had he, that question sit, yeah, just in case you missed that. He says, uh, if you could watch just one director's movies, including back catalogs for the rest of your life, who would it be? John Carpenter. What was the question again, Carl? If you could only watch one director's movies, including their back catalog, who would it be for the rest of your life? I, I, I would honestly have to flip a coin between Sam Raimi and John Carpenter. For me, it would be between John Carpenter and Terry Gilliam. I, that was a hard one too. I would have to Rochambeau Tim to see if it was Sam Raimi or. But wait a minute! If we each pick something different, but in the post-apocalyptic world that this is taking place in, we all live together. I just had a, a vision of us. We live in, in Morton Joe's mountaintop fuck palace, <laughs> just saving all the movies. And you can have all of Raimi's. Tim can have all of Carpenter's and I can have all of Gilliam's. We then have the best, most kick-ass. Can I go back and ask for uh, Charles Band? <laughs> <laughs> That's every movie almost. Ever. That's why. You, you just won. That's why I just thought about it. <laughs> just like... No, no, but it's only once he directs. It's not produced as well. Oh, see, if it's ones he produced, That's still all the movies. Ever. He would still be, and an apocalypse would have happened, and Morton Joe would be coming back. Find another Charles Band movie. <laughs> this movie's got a midget in it. It's probably Charles Band. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh Teeter says, "Not a question, so much as a request. I want to hear everybody's Dusty Rhodes impression." I don't know who Dusty Rhodes is. Uh, I'm sorry, Rick does the best one. I can't. Hot times! Hot times! That's it. I used to be able to do it pretty good, but not, I just. Yeah, I used bad. to be able to do an okay one, but nothing like what Rick did. He just, I just. Let's do your best Cindy Brady. I just always. Have the dude impression. I always just win. remember Dusty Rhodes' like, Remember folks, come back here on the mothership. Because gonna bring the title here. <laughs> it's 605, baby! Oh, 
What's he say that one that fucking what what's he say on the hard times promo? Hard times is is when people I got working on the auto line, been yes. working there thirty years. They kick him in the butt, people watch it like a computer took your job, daddy. I don't I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that, you're on yeah, you're on the right something like that. Uh the Man, last thing, you don't know hard times. <laughs> I also like the one hot times out there, I will reach across that river and touch you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it so horrible, and it, it's just the funnest impression ever to do. Yes. I used to do The Rock perfect, but I've lost that ability, too. Um, The last question. I can do Steven yeah. Seagal. <laughs> oh, shit, Steven Seagal. I can do I trained Dusty at Rhodes, I know. I showed him everything I'd ever done, ever. Steven, you sound like you're still out of breath from throwing all those Russian New people York around. Wolves. No, I'm, I'm out of breath because I, I just sat down. And uh, I'm, uh, when I sit down from my great height because I'm six foot ten, it uh, takes the wind out of me, you know what I like. Also, I've been eating uh, a lot of chicken wings. Uh, well, when I say chicken wings, I mean whole chickens. And... Uh, yeah. Okay, our last question comes from good bud of the show, Dano Klonowski. He says, are you watching Hannibal Season 3? It continues to be the most beautiful and gruesome thing on TV. I, also, I, I am, watched... but the first two episodes have been kind of boring. I have yet to caught up, man. He also says, uh, I have finally watched The Jinx this week, mind-blowing, and that guy's still free. So good for him. Matthew Broderick also got off by got off killing a guy. Shatner murdered him. Shatner murdered his wife with no problem. What other celebrities in our film or otherwise do you think? I can't read. Hold on, I gotta get Matthew Broderick needs to uh, kill the wife he has now. Yes, please. Stab her in the giant horse face. <laughs> yes. Um, Before she taps and asks. For three of your lands back. Yeah. Oh, shit, no, not the Iron War Horse. Um, what other celebrities in film or otherwise do you think know the sweet sensation of taking another human's life, but it's probably been dropped because of who they are? Oh, and the Wayne Gale Variety Hour turns 100 in two weeks. Yay us. Thanks to Kyle and... Our podcast for being our friends over the last two and a half years. Oh, and I tried to see Jurassic World opening night at the drive-in. Got there over an hour and a half early, and it was already sold out. Wow. Jesus. It made like a gajillion dollars this weekend. That's what John did, yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, What is wrong with these? Made half a billion dollars or something ridiculous. And this last last sentence is pure uh, blasphemy. Um Dano is the only person I've ever heard in uh, in the world utter the sentence, I don't like Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last sentence says, can't wait for The Rock to make the definitive Big Trouble in Little China. Peace to the highest moon, Dano. <laughs> what did you think of the Big Trouble in Little China shit, John? What, what do you think I thought? I, I mean, it, it is. Oh, no. I mean, I'm just being facetious. It's the fucking stupidest fucking thing I've ever fucking heard. I mean, for, for starters, don't remake Carpenter ever. They've already remade way, 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 way too many of them. But secondly, 
don't we make big trouble in little China because it is such a product of the 80s. You cannot like you you actually cannot make that movie now. You just can't. There's, there's I no think way I to think that's that what Kyle and I were saying last week. I'm not against it. I, I think The Rock could do a, like really good in that role, but the part that is just going to be the biggest failure of it is Hollywood's not going to do it like like they need to. You They're not going to realize that The Rock is the superhero. That movie's not about Kurt Russell. That movie's about Wang. Kurt Russell's the second banana. Right. And they won't do that. No. They'll make The Rock the first banana. They probably won't even have a Wang. They'll probably have, if they have a Wang character, it'll probably be like fucking Seth Rogen. Right. No, thank you. They can't, they can't have, first of all, the, 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 uh, Jack Burton is not meant to be some big muscle bound. No. Right. He's an idiot. Secondly, uh, you can't have in this day and age the whole, you know, um, Asian folk in Chinatown are mystical and have magics and all the rest of it because it would be looked on as, I would imagine, offensive or at best a stereotype. We'll leave that one up. We'll leave that decision up to uh, T-shirt Joe. Um, so, I mean, it's people accept it in Big Trouble Little China because, you know, it was the era of, you know, like I've been saying before, like Goonies and stuff like that, like it, those kind of or gremlins or whatever, like those kind of adventure movies that, that we all accepted in the 80s. And they had those kind of through lines, Indiana Jones 2, that kind of stuff. But um, I, I just I don't know how you can do it. I just it, it's it's just so fucking dumb. Like, don't make a big like do a big trouble little China, two maybe where you have a whole new set of characters going to Chinatown and stuff happening. But like. The world's, for a start, like, the idea of what Chinatown was 30 years ago and what Chinatown is now are two completely different things. It just doesn't, the world is so much more diverse and spread out now. It just doesn't, there is no mystery or mysticism or, uh, 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 there isn't this sense of, like, the other or the unknown anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it just doesn't. It's it's just horseshit. It's just we want to make a rock adventure movie and we're going to call it Big Trouble in Little China because people like Big Trouble in Little China, right? Like I'm, from 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 Dawn of the Dead, from day one with these fucking recent remakes, I do not understand the principle of who is watching these movies because if you like the original movie, why do you want to see a fucking remake of it? Right. And if you don't like the original movie or don't know about the original movie, why would calling it the same name as the original movie influence you going to see it? I, I don't I don't understand the psychology of it. Fair enough. Yeah. And all I can assume is that the people who go and see it are two types of people, people who don't know that there's an original at all and just think it's the latest horror movie or the latest action movie or the latest whatever. Right. Right. Or this thing that I've had time and time and time and time again when discussing remakes, especially horror remakes, and that is that the horror community does this thing, well, you don't know until you see it whether it's good or not, and we should all check it out and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's entirely the opposite of what we should be doing. Like, assume it's shit, because 99.5% of them are shit. Don't go see them. Don't give them the money so that they don't remake something else that we don't want them to remake. Like it's this whole idea. Well, you don't know till you've seen it. The thing is a remake, and therefore it might be the next thing. None of them have been the next thing. None of them. None yeah. of them. 
It's horseshit. I don't know why the horror community does it. It keeps stabbing itself in its own face, and it's just stupid. Anyway. <laughs> so, let's get on to our movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for the nice words, Dano. On the, que- on the question of remakes, very, very quickly, because uh, Tim did send it to me today, the Magnificent Seven remake, fuck that remake. Yeah. Why do I want to see... Fuck, what? First of all, why do I want to see Chris Pratt do anything other than be like a schlubby dope? Like, playing a schlubby dope, good. Playing a, a hero, uninteresting, boring, couldn't care less. Matt Bomer, uh, he was on that fucking, what was it show, that USA show? Why, why am I interested in him? Go away. Uh, uh, Ethan Hawke, just the most, I mean, he is a hipster scarf in person. Like if a hipster car, if a hipster scarf got together with a, a trilby hat with a feather in it, had sex in a pair of tight jeans, Ethan Hawke would be the the result. I don't care. So that's our that's our, that's our boy, John. So like he's I, on a roll. He, don't he, stop. He, him. Yeah, he's our new, he's our generation's worker Howard. Don't stop him. John's on a roll. Okay, go, John. Who's our generation's worker Howard? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. We like Ethan Hawke. Dude, like. Reality bites Ethan Hawke? Like, boyhood? No, no, no. No, no. No, No, we're talking Daybreakers, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Right, but, okay, but you could pick someone cooler to be in Daybreakers than Ethan Hawke. Yeah, but he seems to be the only person showing up in a lot of these movies. Yeah. All right, but he's also showing up in Richard Linklater, twatty, navel-gazing, shuffly-shoe, floppy-head, <laughs> See, we've thrown them off, Kyle. You've thrown them off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, just in general, don't remake The Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven's already a remake, and it's a perfectly great movie. Also, you're never ever going to have anyone who beats Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner beats everybody. You're never going to do it. And, and, and thirdly, who is this hodgepodge of middle of the road, tedious arseheads for? Who is, like, I read it in sort of disbelief. Like, Denzel Washington, Vincent D'Onofrio, like, I kind of get it. Washington's done a whole bunch of work with Anton Fuqua before, and Vincent D'Onofrio, because he likes to crop up in what-the-fuck roles, and you just yes. kind of go, oh, it's yeah. D'Onofrio, okay, fine. But, like, beyond that, who is these sort of, <laughs> who are these bunch of randoms? Like, Peter Sarsgaard? Like, who cares? Like, who are just this bunch of, like... It literally looks like somebody said, okay, we're going to throw a bunch of names into a hat. Right. And instead of just picking <laughs> one or two out, saying, hey, we're going to get these one or two, and we're going to make a movie. No, hey, how about this idea? Let's remake The Magnificent Seven and just use everybody we just put in the hat. I guarantee you could round up 20 people between the ages of 16 and 30, right, and read out the cast list, and apart from Denzel Washington, most people are going to go, who? And when you say The Magnificent, most people are going to go, what? I don't understand it. Again, it's a remake that lost me on the fucking island. I'm still sat on the island watching Pookies eating Twinkies. I don't know what the fuck Magnificent Seven's all about. (laughs) We got the Pookies! That's the answer. (laughs) Who needs any other movies when we got Pookies? Or Evil Dead 2. Or, or yes. Fury Road. Or the original Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. So, speaking of other movies, John Cross. Yes. You picked the Fred Williamson movie called Black Eye. Black Eye. Go! He can be very mean, Stone. 
Now where's the cane? I'm prepared to offer you $50,000 for the former contents of this cane stone. No more questions asked. Oh, that's a lot of petty cash. Fred Williamson. Black Eye. Just a misplaced cane, a lost walking stick. But a lot of desperate people were doing a lot of dangerous things to get it. And before the danger was over, some of them would be dead. Give us our guns. Why, Calvin? Rated PG. Okay, black eye. It has a double meaning. He's both going to give you a black eye, and he's a cool black private eye in the mold of Raymond Chandler's Christopher Marlowe. Uh, in other words, it's a sprawling LA set. Is it LA or San Francisco? It's LA, right? LA. It's yeah. A sprawling yeah. LA set. What the fuck is going on? People are dying. There's a duckhead cane. There's drugs. There's informants. There's funky soundtracks there's prostitutes who are also lesbians who are also fred williamson's girlfriend there's big business there's the church there's everything going on and they're all corrupt everyone's fucking corrupt everyone's killing everybody else uh there's hollywood is involved in this as well um and in the middle of it you've got sharp suit wearing uh ex-cop uh gumshoe fred Williamson, the hammer, uh, without his mustache, but I think, despite being minus the mustache, giving a damn fine performance, uh, considering where this comes in his career, I think he is given, giving a very, very good, uh, performance. This is obviously a studio picture. It's obviously, it's 1974. It's 1974. It's by Warner Brothers. He had done a studio picture before this as well. Uh, which, uh, was his, like, James, black James Bond thing called That Man Bolt. Uh, he'd obviously had a couple of, uh, like, lower budget, but much bigger named movies, Hell Up in Harlem and, uh, Black Caesar. Um, he had had his big action movie, which was Three the, uh, oh no, that comes afterwards, sorry, Three the Hard Way comes after this. But then Black Eye, it's another studio picture. And I really, really dug this. I'm a big fan of The Big Sleep and Farewell My Lovely and, uh, the long goodbye and, and gumshoe movies like that. I love like swampy Raymond, uh, Chandler, LA sprawling detective things with a kick-ass guy in the lead. I love all that stuff. I love the fact that it brings up random stuff about the church and about drugs and about hippies and about lesbians and prostitutes and all that stuff. I dig it. Um, and I, the dialogue certainly for the first, 50 minutes is some of the best dialogue Fred has to work with at the time. Cause he's not just like saying, I'm going to kick your ass, whatever. Yeah. He's actually like got some proper back and forth. I love his Irish police friend who's yes. like throwing. Oh, Captain Stereotype. He's awesome. I love him. Uh, I love the scene they have in his like shit box apartment when he's like, do you even have a clean glass when they're sharing whiskey and he pulls something out and wipes it with the corner of his shirt. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I dug this big time. It loses its way in the third act. Like in the third act, it has sort of mad <laughs> montages of Fred Williamson and his lesbian prostitute girlfriend, like frolicking in slow motion on the beach. <laughs> and, I, 
Yep. Instead of showing them having sex, you get to see Fred Williamson basically in a speedo. Right, running about on the beach with his yeah, with a Nerf football. <laughs> and what's kind of odd about that whole scene, and also the bit when he dives on her, she looks like she's about to be mauled by Godzilla. Like she's <laughs> she's petrified. He literally dives, and you see it in slow motion from the side. She's lying in the sand, and he like. American football leaps on her. Like now he lands on his hands in a sort of push-up stance and obviously doesn't hurt her at all. But she thinks she's about to be crushed by the fucking hammer. She thinks the hammer is coming down on her. She is. She. I. I think a little bit of pee came out. I think that's what happened. <laughs> she squirted a little bit. Just a little bit of pee. She was like, "What the fuck is Fred doing?" So um, yeah, it's it's odd because by the end of it. You get the wrap up and you get the, um, you get the bit that's relevant, but then you also get all this other stuff, um, that, that, that feels like it should have either come earlier in the movie or feels like it belongs in another movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I, and I can only assume that's just because they didn't really know how to finish it. You know what I mean? They had a rough idea and they had this like cool spiraling LA story, but, uh, uh, I think they were trying to compete with some of the exploitation films that were coming out at the time. And I think they were putting them out. I think that's this one's mistake. Like if, if you look at something like Shaft, the way Mm -hmm. Shaft's script is Shaft's script is actually written more like a 1940s movie. It's all, it's more like that quick fire, quick patter, uh, insult flying kind of Bogart type, uh, um, um, dialogue in shaft and it's very much a private eye gumshoe story but shaft also much like black eye has that thing where they have to like crowbar in a love scene they have to crowbar in like some some uh a weird kind of violence they have to crowbar in like comments on the day of of about uh um uh you know the hippies and the sex movement and the gender movement and the and all that kind of stuff and while i think shaft generally succeeds all the way through and is a fantastic movie i think black eye succeeds up until a point and would have been a much better movie had they stuck with the um gumshoe detective raymond chandler mold than tried to kind of crowbar in a lot of the like 70s exploitation stuff yeah that yeah. doesn't mean it's not a good movie it's a good movie it's oh, it was a fun movie. watch and it's it's a warner archives joint although i do think there are cheaper dvds out there if you want to find it um but uh because i think it's had a few releases but um it's a warner archives joint and i i thoroughly enjoyed i would say two and a half acts of it i thoroughly enjoyed like the first 75 minutes Mm -hmm. i agree totally yeah yeah i'm with you guys i can always watch fred williamson run around with a stub nose pistol fuck yeah but i can't abide i I can't abide a stashless Fred Williamson. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to take away 10 stars for that. Well, like I was saying, when we were off earlier, um, I was saying to John, as like one of the first movies I've watched where Fred Williamson isn't like obliterating people. He gets his ass kicked a couple of times in this movie. Right, which again is the uh, cliche trope of detective movies. There's always yeah. a scene in a detective movie where the detective is like drugged or beaten up or brought in front of a new character who turns out to be intrinsically linked with whatever. Like, there's all that stuff, you know, happens. Uh, Detectives are not meant to be ass-kickers. They're meant to sort of be 
sort of intelligent but also streetwise but also kind of down on their luck you know that's what yeah oh yeah yeah and they did a good job of that in this Mm -hmm. no i like i think the best thing this movie does is establish a really cool mood the kind of mood i love i love the fact that he has that like newsstand informant i love that like She's she's this like woman who's scamming rich newspaper buyers out of their twenty dollar bills and stuff. <laughs> like I fucking love all that. Like I eat that up. It it was lacking a voiceover. I could have done with like a hammer doing some like cool it was hot in LA kind of voiceover type thing. That would have been awesome. Um but I loved that. I love the seedy apartment building he lives in. I love the fact he's the friend of all the whores and stuff. Um and I just think that Again, it, 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 it fits into what I've always said about black exploitation is that the problem I have with that phrase, first of all, like Fred says in every interview, who's being exploited here? No one's really being exploited because the, the, the African American community was actually getting work for the first time in movies. So mm. no one was really getting exploited. But the second thing is, is it only describes the era. It doesn't describe the genre. There are many, many, many different genres and. Oh, yeah. This is not a pimps go kill whitey movie. You know what I mean? Like there mm-hmm. are a lot of sort of ghetto based uh, pimps, drug dealers, whatever that people think of when they say black exploitation. They think of like Superfly or they think of the Rudy Ray Moore movies or whatever it is. But really, honestly, or like um, um, uh, Sweetback's Badass Song or something like that. But honestly, when you look at what Fred Williamson's doing, you look at what Pam Grier's doing, you look at what Richard Roundtree's doing at this time, they're doing genre movies. They're doing westerns, they're doing detective movies, they're doing action movies, they're doing sci-fi movies, they're doing kung fu movies. They're not doing, like, pimp drug movies, although that is an aspect of it, obviously, because they want to comment on sort of where they come from and where their culture was at the time, just like rap music does or or the spike lee movies of the early 90s or whatever of course they want to have that commentary in there and that's very important but also their genre movies you know what i mean shaft is a detective movie it's not a black exploitation it's a detective black eye is a detective movie boss is a western movie you know what i mean that there's the the black exploitation doesn't describe a genre it describes an era for me which is between sort of 1970 and 1975 makes total sense mm-hmm. i like this movie it was okay I'm not a black exploitation fan, honestly. I mean, I like a couple. I, I've not seen a lot. I like Chuck Turner. I like Shaft. I like uh, Black Caesar is probably the best one. That, right. That I've not seen a lot of Pam Greer stuff. This is, I don't know why, man. I don't know why. But I do like shit in black exploitation movies. Like, I know you were just talking about, but I, I love the fucking... Like, most gaudy-ass fucking singing clubs there ever was. <laughs> right. Like, they parody that so much in Black Dynamite, it's ridiculous. And I don't know. I think maybe Black Dynamite probably ruined me on all black exploitation movies. It's just so good. But this is this one's pretty good. I, I just... It bugs me that there's no mustache on Frank Williams. Did you, did you catch the uh, director, Kyle? No, huh? Jack Arnold. Kevin Arnold's dad did this? No. <laughs> this is the guy that did Creature from Black Lagoon, Revenge of the Creature, Tarantula, oh, This Island Earth. I like This Island Earth. Yeah, he did a bunch of 50s and 60s sci-fi movies. Oh, he did Boss. Boss. Yeah, he did Boss. 
That that movie's I like that movie. Foster's amazing. Good. Yeah, just I love Fred Williamson's gun in that movie. Yeah, and Fred that Williamson also in the in the DVD release of Boss, he says that like he has no problem with the use of the other word in that title, and um, the the he wants it only to be released on DVD with its original title. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the few movies I have not gotten to see that I've it's had good, on a dude. list. It's pretty good. It bothers yeah. it bothers him that the DVD cover says Boss because the movie itself inside says Boss Henwood. And I hate saying that. I wish I could say the word because it's the name of the movie, but I'm not yeah. going to. I don't want to offend anyone. Well, yeah, <laughs> fucking people. Fred Williamson well, gave us the go ahead. He was like, it, "That's the name of the movie. That's what people should." Sure. Think. But I, even, even with all due respect, I'm not going to. Fred said it was okay, so. But I'm not going to use that word. Yeah. Anyway. Tim? Yes, sir? Let's talk about Beyond the Door Dose. Dude, yeah. can I just ask a favor? Can we do Run All Night first? Because I've actually sure, sure, seen sure. that, and then I might have to go. Cause I need, no, no, that's fine. I yeah. Need yeah, that is totally cool. Run All Night. We'll, we will do that. Is that okay, guys? Sorry. About yeah, that. no, that's fine. fine. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. It's gotta be 15 years since I've been in here. Place looks different. All the old places look different now. I'm the only one ever cared about you. And all of that ended an hour ago when you killed my son. I pulled the trigger. I killed Ellie. Yeah, too. He was gonna shoot Michael. I'm here asking for my son's life, Sean. He's a good kid. He's got a family. He don't deserve this. You know, this has to end. I'm coming after your boy with everything I got. And when it's done, and it will be done, then I'll let you die. What are you doing? Both know why I'm here, Michael. So what happens now? John's gonna come after you, Michael. If he can't get to you, he's going to go after your family. This has got to end tonight. Tell everyone to get ready. Jimmy's coming. Right now, we're the most wanted men in this city. works they're gonna start pulling your life apart i want people at his house i want people at his wife's family's house anywhere he might run for help and the cops they've got their own motivation you've got to worry about staying alive i'm the best chance you've got listen to your father for one night one night on the fence with Liam Neeson, honestly. Like, he puts out 100 million movies a, a year. I uh, don't know if he's working just because his wife died and to have something to do. Probably, but probably because he gets paid a lot of money. 
and he was just putting them out and putting them out and putting them out, and I kind of got soured on him because Taken 3 was such a shitbag of a fucking movie. But much like John Wick, I, I, I told somebody, I think Tim, no, uh-huh. I told John, I said, I'm going to watch Run All Night, and if it sucks, I'm done with Lisa forever. Yeah, you told John, but I read when you posted about that. And my God, holy shit, this movie fucking rules so goddamn hard. Uh, just like John Wick, everybody kind of, like, nobody saw John Wick in the theater. I did. Well, you did, but <laughs> I, I'm talking, I didn't. It made Him enough did. money to make a sequel, dude. I think it made all that's its cool. money. I think that's a Blade situation. It probably made all that money on DVD because when that thing hit DVD, social media fucking exploded. Yeah. At least the people I follow, they're like, holy shit, this movie fucking rules. And, and that's what I felt. I felt like that watching Run All Night. I was like off the fucking Neeson train. This was my last draw with this guy, but God damn did he deliver. This is Liam Neeson. I think it's his best fucking movie. Besides crawl, because you know, besides crawl, it's not it's it's it's, it's <laughs> not it's not better than Taken. Oh, I disagree. The first Taken, it's not better than Taken. I disagree. And this it's, is it's, my. It's not I'd better be than Nonstop, best. but it's it's third after Nonstop for me. I love this movie so fucking much. Um, it starts Liam Neeson as a drunken down, drunken broken down shitbag of a father whose best buddy is Ed Harris. I had to ask John because, it's, like, I could have used the scene in this movie to explain their relationship, uh, the Ed Harris-Liam Neeson relationship. I wasn't for sure. I was like, are they brothers or just really good buddies? They're old, they're good, uh, arm, they're yeah. old army buddies who, when they came out, Ed Harris set up his protection racket business or his criminal business, and um, yeah. Neeson, looking for something to do, became his hired gun. Yeah, he is the okay. hitman. Yeah, but um, Liam Neeson's drunk, broke out, broke down in the bar. He wants eight hundred. He wants to borrow eight hundred dollars to fix his, his heater and his yeah his furnace. Uh, ends up talking to Ed Harris's son, who treats him like a douchebag and says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll give you this eight hundred bucks, but guess what? You got to play Santa at the Christmas party." So, <laughs> uh, insert the greatest drunken Santa performance of all time yeah. by Liam Neeson talking about how the one evidently there it sounded like there was some backstory. Maybe there was a deleted scene with Neeson and and the one henchman about the one henchman's wife. Yeah, and Neeson fucked her. Maybe that's like a deleted scene or something, but Drunken Santa's talking shit to the mob guy's enforcer. It, it, it's great. And then um, uh, Ed Harris's son is a fucking jackass cokehead who wants to set up heroin deals in New York and wants, his, wants Ed Harris to come in with him. Ed Harris is like, look, this is the old way of doing business. This is going to get you nothing but trouble. This is bad news. This is not how we do it anymore. Basically, get the fuck out of my house. I'm celebrating Christmas with my friends. Get he, the fuck out of here. He told the Albanians to go fuck themselves. Yes, yeah, because he told which... the story of like how back in the day he he did the whole, what was it, the crack and cocaine thing and watched. And lost all his friends, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the trouble is, is everyone started getting high on the product and it just fucked everything up. Yeah, rule number one, don't get high on your own supply. Right, and I love the fact that the Albanians are again – Tracksuit wearing, bearded, yeah, they look like disco. Yeah, yeah, they're disco Albanians. Yeah, they're awesome. They're like big, 
big sunglasses, greasy beards, tracksuits, the works. Or, like, dump the bottle of olive oil in their hair before the meeting started. <laughs> Slipping and sliding all over that place. Well, but- the, the son does do a funny fucking thing when he gives him the bag full of Monopoly money and says, I hear you can buy some property on Park Place. I do fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> there is some fucking great goddamn one-liners in this movie. What about the fucking coked-up, uh, uh, fucking greasy-haired, uh, tattoo-and-piercing, like, mid-90s goth dude that the brother's hanging out with, that oh, the son's the hanging out with? The one who Ed Harris stabs a, in the back repeatedly. He's a fucking sleazeball. He's a proper 90s sleazebag. I love that. That guy had just random fucking gonna, gonna get killed in about 10 minutes guy. Yeah, right. He's the guy in the Austin Powers movie where, where you know, my cocaine just, just goes out like, you don't even have a name tag. You're so dead. Yeah, right. But it goes on. Uh, the Albanians. How does it go down? It. Uh, the Albanians are taken to the meeting by Liam Neeson's son, who evidently like works as a limo driver on yes. the side. He's yes. also a mentor to this little black kid at a boxing ring, yep. a boxing gym. Um, there's a double cross. Liam Neeson ends up shooting at Harris's son because he was going to shoot his son. And then it's on. It is Running all over fucking New York, there's a goddamn spectacular police chase. This is one of the best. This makes the chase in, in Taken 3 look like a kid playing with fucking Hot Wheels. Like, <laughs> well, the chase this, in Taken 3 is one of the worst filmed car chases yeah. of all time. Uh-huh. Like, this shit is great. The cops are in Aaron Harris's pocket. It, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like The Warriors. It was filmed around Queens. Way. Yeah, and it looks at, this is a great fucking New York movie. Yeah, it really is. And I love the fact that like the, the, uh, diner he, or not the diner, but the restaurant he goes to meet Ed Harrison later is like just off 34th Street, which is near where I work. And he drives through Times Square. I love all the, the, the way that, although the majority of it is obviously filmed in Queens, the fact that the director has like picked up bits of New York life, like in, in little sort of, uh, snippets and sort of edited it throughout the movie. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of it turns into the, like the Warriors kind of where it's all over and and they're just getting chased. Uh, Ed Harris summons Common, uh, who is a hitman, and man, that guy looks like businessman hitman. Yeah, he is, fucking Common is terrifying in this movie. The like, that fight guy, that they have in the burning no apartment, shit. the yeah. fight that they have in the burning apartment is fucking kick ass mm-hmm. it's like i love that when they pick they're like just tearing table legs off and beating each other with yeah them. it wasn't oh. your hey this is gonna be uh taekwondo we know neither guy knows this kind of fight but we're gonna make it look like they do this is your hey this is a street fight i'm gonna hit you with whatever sitting around me yeah I, I also like the big thing in this movie. I really like Liam Neeson and Ed Harris's relationship. Like they're at each other's throats, but then they go and sit down. And, and Neeson's like, "Look, what what can I do to get out of this?" And Ed Harris isn't having any of it. He's like, "I'm going to kill your son." Yeah, I'm not going to kill you. I'm killing your son. Yeah. But D'Onofrio's in here. I, I I've suddenly got like mad love for Fat D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio is <laughs> the one good cop in a bad town. Yeah. And first official throat punch of the movie, after that sequence where Ed Harris and Liam Neeson sit down, 
It's so and fast and so brutal, you might miss it. He steps out of the restaurant. Ed Harris has got his henchman positioned at the doors of this restaurant. Yeah. They tell his cab that Liam Neeson left waiting outside to fuck off. So Ed drives away. He's about to get jumped, right, as he leaves. He's yep. having none of it. Whoop-pow! Right in the larynx. Right in the larynx. Throat punch Neeson. I stood up in the theater at that point and applauded for three straight minutes. It was Mm -hmm. fucking glorious. Because John was telling me, I was kind of fucking Facebooking him as I was watching. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yep. And and he's like, have you got to the throat punch yet? (laughs) No. I haven't. I can't wait. And it's so fast and violent and vicious. You might not. It, it doesn't disappoint. It's not no. quite the um, airplane toilet throat punch in nonstop, which is. Oh, I think this is the best throat. Need oh no, no, it's the best throat punch in this, but it's 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 not quite as repeatedly throat punchy as nonstop. Nonstop is his most throat punchy movie, but uh, this has the definitive Neeson throat punch because it's so mm. quick. He's honed the throat punch to yep. a deadly. Takes one guy down. Accuracy. Yeah. Takes one guy down in seconds. A guy who is three times the size of Neeson. Did you, did you notice like the other guy was just like, oh shit, I don't want no part of that. Yeah, right. I want he, no he, part he of this. He throat, throat punched him so hard it intimidated his buddy. I'm telling you, dude, and I'm not kidding. You know that poster that I made ages ago that I put up in my group that was like Liam Neeson is the throat puncher. Most people punch clocks. He punches throats. Have you seen that poster? I, no, I don't that, think so. Uh, oh, okay. I, I made this post up and, and, and someone borrowed it and shared it and it went around the internet a little bit. Not like viral or whatever, but went around a little bit on various different things. I bet he's seen it. I, I bet that director knows full well that we love the throat punching and demands that he throat punches people. I'm almost <laughs> certain. That's just his maneuver, I believe. I, like I, Rick Flair's got the chop, Neeson's got the throat punch. He's got the throat punch. It's incredible. And, and, Stallone's got the crooked lip scream. Do you think that uh, Neeson has an underarm throat punch for people who are shorter than him? How does he do someone who's like 5'5"? Five, five? He- I don't know, but he would do it so fast we'd have to like freeze frame it. Right. Go go frame like, by frame. Yeah. yeah. But it all culminates. It's, it's action-packed. It culminates... Um, Depending on how you want to look at it, it's got a really good, like, like a fucking happy ending or a big downer ending. I'm not going to ruin it, but, man. It's got a good, clever wrap-up. Yeah, it doesn't fucking pussy out. And what I think it is that I love about it so much is it's all the Neeson action we want mixed with a genuinely riveting gangster-type police versus the mob-type movie this was the this was the gritty like i throw this into this really weird subgenre of like boston new york gritty crime shit yes i love like i love this i love the town right have you seen the drop right yeah the drop is really good and just shit like that i fucking eat it up i'm giving this movie one hundred thousand stars <laughs> Thank you, Liam Neeson. You have uh, reforged my love of you and your throat-punching ways after a couple missteps. I'm giving it 500,000.8 throat punches. Yes, and it is no shit. People, go fucking give this a chance. It's 
it's he, I, I say it's his best movie that he's ever made. I'm telling you, if you want, crawl. if you want recent recent Neeson, yeah. recent Neeson, you want to see Taken, you want to see Nonstop, and you want to see Run All Night. They're the three it's, best. It's recent. all the same guy, right? No, uh, Nonstop and this are by the same guy. As was unknown, which was Neeson has his uh, identity taken. Oh, that, that one, yeah, that's not very good. That was very good. That was their first collaboration. Then they did Nonstop, which I really liked because Neeson is basically playing Jack Bauer in that movie and not listening to any terrorists at all. He's just throat punching everybody, <laughs> which I love. This guy, this guy also gave us the House of Wax remake, which is pretty good, pretty decent, and that movie Orphan, which was. Way better than I had any right to be. So, but then this is the, okay. this this is either the last movie they do together or the second to last movie they do, they do together because Neeson says he's quitting action. Yeah, I was going to say he's. I think he's done. So, um, we'll either see one more, but I think this is probably the best director actor pair up ever, and I want to uh, uh, of of this kind of film. And I want to see them do genre after genre after genre. Like, I want them to do a Western together. I want them to do a sci-fi movie together. I want them to do a horror movie together. I just I would watch them all. Yeah. What do you think about it, Tim? I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it three out of four stars. I This is the type of movie, a, and I... I don't remember if I don't think these guys were as in the A team as I was, but I love the A team. You got the movie, the TV show. Oh, I love the TV show, but I enjoyed the movie too, and it just made me like sit there and think, man, man, I want him to do one more A team movie. It's like I, I, I like him playing Hannibal Smith. I just think he does these roles. He knows how to do it, and that's what I liked about this movie. It it was definitely much different than Taken. This wasn't where you knew what exactly was going to happen. He had to act in this one. He actually right. had, you know, he really, and I enjoyed not only the fights, but like you kept pointing out, Kyle, the, the sit-down scenes with him and Ed Harris talking about their families and everything and mm-hmm. explaining basically pulling the story along and explaining, you know, wh- how close they act- actually are. And I just enjoyed it. It was really cool. Yeah, it blew my socks off. And of course, and there's, there's, a, scene and there's where, a scene with Sasquatch in it. Yeah. Nick Nolte shows up yes. as Sasquatch. <laughs> so there's that. And he's all like, you're... Your dad killed your nephew and brother. Like he or killed his cousin, didn't he? Yeah, Neeson's a great anti-hero in this because he's not a fucking nice dude. No, he's not a nice dude. And he's a shit father. Right. And even the kid, even the guy that played his kid, I liked. They could have easily got some muscle-bound douchebag like Jai Courtney to play this role. Oh, fuck Thank Jai Thank you Courtney. for fucking getting this kid. I actually dug him. But, uh, Tim... Yep. You on the door dose. Yeah, All right, yeah. guys, I'm going to bow out. Uh, thank you for coming on, John. Yes, no, thank thanks, you, guys. I really hope that we have that first 20 minutes or whatever. I really do fucking hope so. Send it to me, Kyle, if you I can, and I'll, you. I'll figure it out. But thanks ever so much for having me on, guys. I've got to put my own show up, and then I've got to get to bed because I've got work tomorrow. But uh, thanks so much, guys. Take it easy, and I hope to see you in July, maybe. Okay. Nope. I will send you that stuff tomorrow because I'm going to make friends with my PlayStation 4 tonight. All right, guys. I'll send it to you tomorrow. Take it easy. Bye now. All right. You can find John at... 
Oh yeah, sorry. You can, yeah, poop your shit. You can <laughs> find me at aftermoviediner.com. Uh, the pleasant thing is still available over yes. at uh, miskplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com, but also the pleasant thing is available on iTunes and Amazon and everything. And I can tell you that all proceeds now from either donating to the After Movie Diner, becoming a sponsor of the After Movie Diner on Patreon, or buying any one of my albums off uh, iTunes, Amazon, or Bandcamp, all those proceeds go into a PayPal account, which will uh, pay for me to visit people such as Carl and Tim and do our own diner episodes in their local diners. I'm taking the diner on tour next year. So if you want to see me in a town near you and uh, I want to meet up with people who have been guests on my show or listeners of my show or friends now in the, in the Facebook group, or whatever it is, I'm coming to your town next year. Uh, donate to the show, uh, sponsor the show, or buy one of my albums, preferably The Pleasant Sing, and let's make it an anthem for the summer of 2015. John Cross World Tour, 20,000. That's awesome. 2016. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, John. Take it easy. You See too, you later. John. Thanks for coming on, sir. Bye now. Okay, Beyond the Door 2. Yeah, before I say Beyond the Door 2, uh, real quick, finish what I was saying before my computer decided to take a poop. Uh, yep. Just uh, as I was saying earlier, basically what happened was uh, my car insurance person who calls me once a year and we go over my policies, uh, we're talking movies, Basically told him about the new book, and he bought my book. <laughs> so I'd, I'd sold a copy of my book to my car insurance agent. So let's talk Beyond the Door 2, which is also known as Shock. Beyond the Door 2, where evil gives life to the dead and lust for the living. Its hunger can never be killed, only satisfied for now. Step through, if you dare, and be completely possessed by terror. The all-new Beyond the Door 2, rated R. Uh, come on in 77. Uh, apparently it was Mario Bava's last Italian movie he directed. Um, you could also see his son, Lombardo Bava, early on as one of the movers, and he was also an assistant director on the film. But for the most part, the movie uh, is kind of boring, <laughs> let's be honest. It is. It's, I wouldn't call it boring, it's slow. Yes, there you go, it's slow. Uh, for the most part, uh, a woman named Dora and her new husband uh, and her kid, Marco... Basically, they move into a country home where she'd been before um, and has a history. And Marco is starting to talk to his imaginary friend and weird shit's starting to go down in this country home. Well, shortly after that, like, it starts messing with Dora and Dora's starting to feel questions from her kid, like, why is daddy dead? And <laughs> just like, where is he at? And it just gets a little weird after that. It's still a little slow, but it gets a little weirder after that because, like, Marco just starts acting really strange and then he's still in his mom's underwear. And <laughs> it just, and then for some reason, like, uh, her new husband's, like, dropping acid into Dora's drinks. <laughs> so you don't know if she's making up shit. 
if like shit was going down and then eventually like you find out her ex-husband was a drug addict and that was basically claimed he committed suicide you got floating furniture it just stuff chasing dora around it's just really weird shit and you're not totally sure even when they explain to you about the drug addict husband carlos dad dora killed him is basically what happened mm-hmm. but you're not totally sure if that actually happened you don't know if she's still stuck in the sanitarium or whatever. They talk about like she was in for six months after the first husband because he used to fuck with her so much. You're not sure what exactly happens even at the end of the movie because at the end of the movie, basically, Marco's like, Mom's dead. Let me have tea with Dad. And that's the end of the movie, and it's just really weird because it all it, it passes itself off like... You're not totally sure what is going down. Is the wife going crazy? Or is it just because her new husband thinks it's cool to drop acid in her drinks anytime she wants a drink? Or is her kid actually nutsoid or possessed by her former husband that she did apparently kill or claim that he committed suicide? That kind of thing. It just, for the most part, the movie just plays around with you decide what you want it to make it to be. It's a bit slow. I'm not totally sure what Bava was going for in this. I could be missing the point totally on this. If he was going for weirdness. Yes, uh, that was the only. Mission accomplished. Yeah, that was the only, that was the one thing I got out of this movie. It wasn't horrible, but it was boring, like you said, Kyle. And it just there was different points in the movie. I'm like, man, I really wish this movie either like people start dying in this movie or something else happens because it just the storyline seemed really thin to go 95 minutes and that was the biggest problem i probably give it like two out of four stars yes there is a part three maybe i'll do it on a future show but again i watched beyond the door 2 i don't know if it's just me or i just my italian movies have to have Fred Williamson <laughs> and ripping off <laughs> Mad Max, but I wasn't too into it. I'm glad I seen it, but like I said, it's just a little weird, and I don't know. Not a lot happens from it. So, what, what did you think about it, Kyle? I like the weirdness. It was slow. It was a little bit tedious. The fucking kid is annoying as fuck. Holy shit, that kid. Uh, the acid shit was insane. Like, what the fuck? But wasn't it kind of weird that all of a sudden, like, it, they, while there's, you know, the scene's being shot, you know, it's part of the storyline, like, but out of nowhere, and it's not even said. It just, you see the second husband, like, dropping shit in her drink, and it's like, all right, why is this going on now? Yeah, I was more, I, I'm more like the uh, floating knives and shit, like, the fucking holograms and shit coming at the people. I lo- did you pick up on the breathing furniture? Yeah, awesome, <laughs> fucking awesome. I just, it's I couldn't decide. I was like, are okay beyond the door. That's an Exorcist ripoff. Yes, an Italian Exorcist ripoff. I was like, okay, is this gonna go Italian Exorcist ripoff? Is this gonna be 
a, a mind fuck movie or is this going Italian haunted house movie? And it never really did any of those. Yeah, it never really made up so, its mind. I did appreciate the weirdness. Probably nothing I'll ever watch again. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Bava has done a lot of better shit. Big time. And Lamberto Bava has done ten times better shit, so I, I would say go check out those stuff, that stuff other than Beyond the Door. Yeah. I mean, it was okay, but eh, we watched it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it came down to. I'll give it 30 stars. We watched it. We survived it. Yeah. We've watched worse. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, watch that. On to the next thing. Yep. Yeah. On to the, on to the next, try to find the next gem in the fucking mine. I think that's all we got to say. About yeah, there it. wasn't a whole lot to say. It's just yeah. a movie. What are you doing for next week, sir? Well, I had a couple different things picked out, but I was going to ask you if you would be up if I do a movie that's been re-released by Full Moon again in the past two years. It's called Thor to Conquer. What? It's a Conan the Barbarian ripoff, of course. Made back in the early 80s, Empire Days. Like, Charles Band's a producer on it. Can I watch it on YouTube? Because I don't think that'll be able to... I do. I've been looking for it. I have found parts, but I cannot find the whole movie. So I was going to let you decide if it's cool for me to cover that or not. What's it called? Thor the Conqueror? Thor the Conqueror. Come on, 1983. I can't find a full movie. I have found parts of it on YouTube. Experience. I think, uh, uh, well, do you have something else back, like a backup? Um, I was, I was thinking either the Redwood Massacre, since that's a new one. I've got that. Or I was going to go Beyond the Door 3. <laughs> AKA a muck train. Yes, a muck train. Yeah, I, I, we didn't say that, uh, Beyond the Door 2 is also called Shock. Yep. That's why I had a little trouble finding it. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, dude, I, I just got Redwood Massacre. Let's do that. You want to do Redwood Massacre? Yeah, then we got, then we got two recent movies. Cause I'm doing We Are Still Here. Okay. Maybe you could get that from Dan. I will try. I don't know if it's going to happen, I'm but I'll try. I'll, I'll bet he's got it. But anyway, pimp yo shit. Uh, of course, you can always find me here on Bloodbass and Boomsticks. Uh, when I'm not here, I'm at GrossMovieReviews.com, writing reviews. And when I'm not there, I'm trying to sell books. Uh, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Wrath of Gross. It's at Lulu.com. And even car insurance agents will buy it. <laughs> you can find me at JSB underscore Boomsticks on Twitter. And like our our Facebook pages, uh, just search Bloodbass and Boomsticks on the Facebook and our website is www.bloodbasspodcast.blogspot.com. And we will be back next week with We Are Not, We Are Still Here and the Redwood Massacre. So we're out of here, Tim. Yes, sir. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night The part is over And tomorrow starts
the same old thing again. I should have known you'd be behind this fiendish Dr. Wu. Your knowledge of scientific biological transmogrifications is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery. Have you ever seen us being that large? No, not, not since breakfast. I do not for one think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Are you saying that I would cut off a chicken's head, put my dick in it, fuck it, and go, ah, you accusing me of fucking a chicken, motherfucker? I, I ain't calling you chicken fucker, but over there looks sex, sexually frustrated, and I don't approve of chicken fucking. They're all gonna laugh at you! That's just about the finest smell in the world. Except maybe for pussy. Best of seven? Damn right! Greetings from the humongous. The Lord humongous. The warrior of the wasteland. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. We have the holy hand grenade. Yes, of course. The holy hand grenade of Antioch. This is one of the sacred relics Brother Maynard carries with him. Brother Maynard, bring up the holy hand grenade. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? Are you fucking crazy? We are closed. Off the air till tomorrow. You'll have to just come back. No, but... But yeah, but... Whoa! So, this is Radio Land, huh? The infinite turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough.